This book has bad words. Ah, <laughs> I don't know how to keep opening these. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by the Comedy Lounge in Perth. The Comedy Lounge is one of Australia's biggest and best stand-up comedy venues and hosts some of the best international, interstate and local talent. Speaking and of international. International. we got Brody Snook all the way from Brighton, the gay capital of the world. <laughs> That's where Mardi Gras was invented apparently. Yeah, uh, no. That is definitely what I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Actually, we have Chortle 2020 Newcomer of the Year. Yeah. Brody Snook. Yeah, that girl. Um, yeah, uh, she also. Also known as the female. The female. <laughs> the female is on with us. Um, yeah, we talk about Delby getting hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's really why I'm here. I just want him to know that I know. Thanks. Uh, Thank yeah, you. You, the, the international comedy festivals you've been involved in, and the impact um, of Corona, your achievements, your writing, um, bit of everything. Yeah, being naive and moving from a country bumpkin town to the most bustling and city, to- London. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> Enjoy the show. <laughs> And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. That I call the fake news, the enemy of the people. The fake news. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Tell me how you feeling. I see a lot of lower breakers up in here. I feel fucking good, man. Do you? Pause on that. Oh, I've got a <laughs> fucking nail in my head. Brody told me to turn it sideways last night, so. <laughs> she did. That's not even a lie. Mm. I could provide the screenshot to prove that that's mm. true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I messaged her. I was like, I'm on the way to lunch. She's like, I just left. And then I go, I'm just deciding whether or not to go sideways. And she goes, go sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I think I put capitals and exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's – that's uh, yeah, because we're both feeling a little rough. Yeah, bro. Uh, we both had s- – Sizable days yesterday, and uh, yeah, but he messaged me going, I'm fuck eyed. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much better than yeah. I'm gonna go sideways. sideways yeah. what, what past tense? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, I'm currently <laughs> fuck eyed. What time did I send that? Because I uh, that was like one in the afternoon, bro. That sounds about correct, uh, considering we started at 8 30 a.m. Oh, yeah, no, no, that was 5 30. Okay, yeah, you, well, you tried to call me. In the middle of the wedding I was performing, my oh, watch okay. started going. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. Because I was, I was doing a wedding <laughs> and I was about a minute from start time. My start, it was like bang. Yeah. And then- Oh, that's right. I called you with Kep. Yeah. Kep and Paul Hazelby. Oh, my God. No, that was- I thought you said I called you with Ket. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just oh allegedly. Allegedly. No wonder you were fuck eyed. He was fuck eyed and sideways. I was in the hole. I was in the killing hole. No, yeah. um, no, and then I afterwards with- I messaged you. I said, no, actually, you called it uh, about 4.50. And then afterwards you messaged and said, I said, I was right in the middle of a wedding. And you go, good choice not to answer. Fuck eyed. <laughs> And I write laugh out loud and you go, ha seriously ducked. <laughs> I couldn't even write fucked. Yeah. Auto-correct. Nah, that's, um, yeah, I think I was calling you, uh, I was a bit kept. And, um, probably calling me to abuse me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but you are in the position of power at the moment. You're on a two-week 
dry yeah spell. well i was just saying before we started mm. a i feel quite culpable because we're doing this on a sunday <laughs> when originally it was going to be thursday night but yeah. i changed it so basically yeah. i take full responsibility <laughs> finally i'm not responsible for my exactly. actions for the yes. state of both of you yeah i 100 exactly. accept responsibility for that but yeah no i uh i was saying to branchy before we started i once a year will have like a, a self-imposed dry spell. Oh yeah, from alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice that you had to say from alcohol. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, the other dry spells aren't my <laughs> doing. But yeah. um, yeah, no. So I'm 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 like eight days into my current one, and the aim at the moment is to do two weeks. Yeah, because mm. I like to start unambitious. Yeah, and then once I get two weeks in, I get so stubborn that I'm like, you just keep going. Fuck it, let's keep going. So yeah. at the start of the year, I stopped. Boxing Day because mm-hmm. I had a big Christmas. Yeah, and I went through to February. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah See, good. that's a, that's a good. And I was saying just before that. That's the worst time to stop, though. Yeah. That's like right in the Look, fucking. But is that the best time? Because <laughs> then it stops you from doing but that's that. The thing. Mm. I was in the UK, so you got to think about the uh, UK yeah. after oh, Christmas. It's cold and miserable, isn't it? I guess. The whole country's suicidal, and this is before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> this is before so, the pandemic. Adding a depressant yeah. to that yeah. isn't going to help. Yeah. yeah, and and so many people do dry January over there because you know the thing is it's wet, it's cold, it gets dark at three thirty. You know, blah blah blah. blah. So mm. let's you know have a not going out kind of month. And yep. the flip side of that is everyone goes. It's wet, it's cold, it's dark, it gets yeah. dark at 3.30. Like, why are we not drinking? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only thing that that's makes funny, it funny because in the summer they just replicate that in their pubs. <laughs> exactly. Like every oh God, single English sunny. pub, it's yeah. sunny, we'll go to a dark fucking dirty place that's exactly. wet on the floor. Look, it, it's, you know, I lived there for 10 years and there is always an excuse to drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I loved. I went there last year and I like the whole, it just spills out into the street. Mm. There's just, there's, they're not in the pubs. It's just mm. outside the pub, on the road, just drinking. I actually yeah. found that good, but I was there with the kids so it's pretty australian really really. <laughs> i mean it is except here we it's a lot stricter with street drinking you yeah. know and that sort of thing whereas in the uk like i where i live is um brighton so we're like an hour south of london mm. uh, i heard that's here. the way a community should be yes pretty much brighton Brighton. The way a community should be. Have you heard of the Brighton when they were selling it up north? No. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh, there's, yeah. there's a Brighton here. <laughs> yeah, there's a Brighton here. Up near that was their slogan. Their slogan was, oh. the way a community should be. Oh, Stuck in my head. Really? Anyway, so you're Brighton, you're an hour <laughs> yeah, south. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Is it nice I'm down there or what? I'm just trying to digest that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, it's the kind of place that's very lefty, very liberal, very green. So the Greens are in power in Brighton. It's a uni kind of town. There's a couple of universities. It's where um, it's, well, allegedly the what they very, um, you know, casually call the gay capital of the UK. So yeah, there's okay. a huge scene. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic place. But I was there for eight of the ten years that I was there. Mm. And, um, yeah, so sort of that sort of thing, beach, pier, Pebble Beach, obviously not great. Mm. It's the kind of, you know, classic English, we sell jelly deals out of a fucking caravan on the (laughs) seafront sort of thing. And, um, yeah, you just drink on the beach and, you know, there's bars on the beach, it all spills out. Whereas here, I think, you know, our laws are... After having been in Europe for so long, you come back and you go, "Oh God, I can't just walk down the road with a stubby yeah. to yeah. the park or any of that sort of stuff." Well, you but can, but yeah. <laughs> it's frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, that might bring us to who you are and what's, what's going on. So, yeah, I uh, I met Brody just randomly in our raw heat, I think, was it? Or you did? Yeah, in our very very first raw, the one that Matt Stora won. Was that 2014? Yeah, I. I don't was, know if I should admit was, this. <laughs> I thought our friendship 
had not been that long. From jo- <laughs> well, we weren't mates. We, I'd met you. Yeah. We I, only really just clicked the other when we had that gig. I'm really glad we had that gig together. Me too. And sat me down too. and got to know each other better. And I think like because we have a mutual friend. Yeah. Um, cocaine. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Hey, not second, for eight mate. days. <laughs> Thank you very much. Want no, that yeah. Our friend Joni. Uh, Our friend Joni, yeah. yeah. So – um. And I got to say, I was pretty livid when uh, I rocked up to Joni's baby shower last November, <laughs> and you were the hired comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to run the quiz, right? I was like, "Sorry, you've you've got a corporate out of this." <laughs> I didn't get paid. That's great. <laughs> but I was the only bloke around a bunch of women, yeah. which was all right. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, but I had to, yeah. got to keep my clothes on as well. So <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So um. And I feel like, yeah, we've sort of had incremental hangs, but yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't been here. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, that's it's good. Fine. I always thought you didn't like me, but you're just shy. I've and just always thought really you had- were deeply sexy, so I couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite bring myself to talk to you. Uh. Actually, I did. I went when I got back home. I was deeply sexy because I was fat, <laughs> so you had to get through the deepness. I truly hope this doesn't embarrass you. It's probably going to embarrass me more. When, mm. I, when, when I got back and we did that gig together, I messaged Joni accusing yeah. her of being a terrible friend because what? I was like, what is wrong with you? Why didn't you tell me Delby got really hot? <laughs> <laughs> At 45, that's baby. A pretty common, uh, that's a common little text thread going around, I think. Truly. Oh, I was baby. like, sorry, where Tell was my hot? update? <laughs> where was my update, oh, mutual fuck. friend of ours? That was my she, F45 pictures. Yeah. My yeah. cousin, I was filming my wedding's, uh, my cousin's wedding and um, she she happened we mutual friends, so she knows Delby as well. And uh, I was t- we we're talking about his stand-up comedy. This is a Delby hour, actually. Um, yeah. uh, talking that's why about I invited Brody on. You're my guest She knew we were doing the podcast and stuff together and um and she was like how's he going oh he's got his, his show 30 year single and she's like oh that's funny it's just a play on words or something I was like no nah, he's single and she was like yeah but he was hot was <laughs> yeah like, but you're my cousin you got a shit personality I mean I got to admit it does count for a lot the old personality so. yeah mm. yeah that's, why, like, that's yeah. why I'm married Oh, you even met well. Yeah. So Brody even met my dad that night, which is very rare. I was telling for some a of the female. Boys. Oh, that's to meet yeah. my dad. Wow, <laughs> truly, I was telling how, some how, of the boys about that last night, um, backstage at the comedy lounge, and I was like just trying to explain how long it took me to get the feeling back in my hand. <laughs> dad shook a hand for like five minutes. <laughs> I think I like put my other hand on you being like, am I? Do I live here now? <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, you were, yeah. Welcome to the family. Yeah, yeah truly. Yeah. That was a true pleasure. Your dad gave me my own daddy issues from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've so got enough of these. Yeah. And Tell now I'm, I want your dad to be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> Delby's dad is the stereotype of traditional Italian. Yeah, d- yeah. he's well, an eighty-year-old man in a fifty-five-year-old body. I got, I got, like, I mean, and this is nothing that you've said, but I got like true, like, ex-gangster vibes from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's probably killed people. Well, I mean, my dad's a cop, so I get those vibes from him. <laughs> and then I've got my second dad over here. Who's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot for a girl to cope. Yeah, you know. oh, it was funny because he he's only been to probably three of my gigs. So, and and I was saying I told you, but I haven't told Branch. I was like, um, I said, Dad's like, who's on? Who's on? Is there is Janelle on? Like Janelle, yeah. Kenny. And I because he just loved, he saw her the first time, loved it. Mm. I go no, I go oh, Brody's on. He go what female? <laughs> you have a, there's a female on. 
okay, yeah. He goes, who's the female? She good? I was like, yeah, she's really funny. And then afterwards he goes, where's the female? I go, do you mean Brody? I go, this is Brody, dad. And I think that's what he even said. He was like, yeah, you're Brody, you were the female? <laughs> yeah, like, yes, and, that, and that's genuinely how I want to be referred to. <laughs> yeah, this week we've got capital the female T, joining us. <laughs> that's how we're going to intro you in post. Welcome to the show, the female. The female, just the <laughs> one. No. Have you guys had many female guests? Mm. Yeah, I'd say it'd yep. be close to 50-50, would it? or to be probably more slanted to men. Yeah, so yeah, we've probably had. Oh, like we've got this is our 46th episode, and I reckon we've probably had about 15, 15 to 30. Yeah. 15. You know, that's not well, far, actually, right? no, no, yeah, but I mean, because some double guests. So, Pim oh, has been on three or four times, yeah, Wolfie, yeah. three or four. So, yeah, we've had uh, three quarters of the motherhood. Oh, yes. Uh, still waiting so, to get Lucy. Sammy Ritchie, Sammy Scores. Sam Shores. Um, you've had your, the hippie lady. <laughs> hippie lady. Oh, yeah, Mandy. Mandy, yeah. yeah. Um, we've Chelsea also had Chelsea Morgan. and Erica Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's probably 50-50, yeah. really. I mean, I'm just pleased that you've named over five you. women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, hey, I'm apparently no, five. king it's of the females. The females, right here, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's not even a... Yeah. You're the female. <laughs> yeah, it's the female. Now, it's uh, it's good because it adds, especially in the comedy scene, we get to see a different side of, of mm. what they feel about certain um, mm. issues and situations. Well, it's good. You've got to get every sort of, um, I guess, point of view. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so the move from London, that's that's what... Uh, yeah, this is what I th- thought was really interesting. The move there, so... Oh, yeah. What was that about? And um, I think you'd be the first comic we have on that has a manager, like has management. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone mm. else is just... Just they just do this shit. Shit cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is nah. just mismanaged. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I found that really interesting when we so were talking. We, so maybe is that how we booked you? Did we go through management? Yeah, we went through management. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I spoke to the management. The management of the female. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're expecting quite a big fee for this. I hope you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I'm going to take that bottle of Kraken on my way out. Oh, yeah. good. I was going to say someone's hey, got it. <laughs> I've got some. We've got some um, bottle openers coming with Harjans and a t-shirt. So oh yeah. Cool. We can give you that. Oh, you messaged me yesterday with merch, didn't you? Yeah. I just said yeah, but yeah, I, you I did, didn't yeah. really look. All right. <laughs> just that, yeah. Yeah. This is what we have to pay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, around one pm budget. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, added yeah. a few things into the, the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so talk yeah. to us about that. So we started pretty much the same time. Um, you did. Now, much I, better. now I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, good friends since 2014. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was, I was home from London for six weeks mm-hmm. um, and I was driving and heard on but, Triple J, Raw Comedy. Yep. Um, and thought. So you lived in London before yeah, comedy? Yeah, so I moved to London 2010 Why? at the ripe age of 18. Um, because I grew up in a small town and hit 16 and went, I think there could be more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I was right. <laughs> I, so the small town was Dunsborough, Bustleton, Bunbury? Was, is Bustleton, yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, did that and got a one-way ticket, had never lived in a city, never it's, really left Bustleton. That's so funny. You went from never living into a city to living in the, the city. city. Like London is the ultimate. You're like, no, I, I won't worry about yeah, Perth. It was we'll zero from- to 100. Yeah. And everyone kind of is- went, should you not <laughs> go for a holiday? Yeah, first. See and if you I like was it. like, nah. nah I, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, I did it. Did you have a like a British passport, like family or anything no, like that? Well, or- I, my grandmother is English. 
Um, but she moved out here when she was 15. So yep. she's now the Aussiest Nana yep. ever, um, <laughs> but just with an English passport. So I was really fortunate. I was able to get a, um, a longer visa. So I got five years initially. Cool. And um, yeah, so a long-term ancestral visa, which was a lot better than the working kind of visa that I was um, initially looking at getting. Yep. And I uh, went out there and um, hate to break a stereotype. So I worked in a pub yep. um, <laughs> and just traveled around, did bits and pieces. Um, I was doing a few things before comedy that quite indirectly led to comedy. I was doing a bit of community radio work over there. I was uh, interning at magazines. I was like writing for blogs, that sort of stuff. That's pretty cool. And it was all stuff that was um, skewed towards humour. So Mm -hmm. I was writing for a magazine that was um, bought by Vice eventually. And yeah, so it was... Were you writing for free? Um, with the promise of eventual money that never came. Jesus. So I'd call that for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit of emotional labor. But yeah, it was like I was probably writing, you know, like five to ten articles a week and, yeah. and just working in a bar and sort of always had that I'm a creative person. I want to do something creative. I don't yeah. know where this is leading, but I'm building a bit of a portfolio. Yeah. And then from that, I went and interned at FHM magazine. Oh, hello. Mm. What is that? Mm. That's a For Him magazine? For Him magazine, yeah. yeah. Mm. And it was really interesting. Um, I was there for a few weeks and I got offered a job at the end of it, but um, it wasn't to be. <laughs> what do you mean? So what happened? I just... You, you yeah. said no or... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. And it's something that I could have... I, I've sort thought about a little bit and thought, gosh, I really should have said yes and gone through with that. But it just at the time, it sort of wasn't wasn't really the one yeah. and I'm glad I didn't because then I went on to to do a bit of radio stuff and ended up doing a bit of work experience at BBC and then you know this has all helped me eventually so some yeah. pretty small clients yeah. pretty small <laughs> just clients. FHM, yeah. FHM BBC and I, I look back on this stuff and all I'm the like, three letters yeah I was just this little small town idiot at that point still running around London it's good though because like, you're naive right so you don't yeah. have any you don't have any you're not jaded you don't have any fucking truly like, so and I was just, just like, yeah, this like this. starry-eyed kid being mm. like you know, I had like, I didn't, I was like one of these people that got a smartphone very, very late. <laughs> Same. So I would like be at home in my like share house with 16 people in it and like, you know, print off the walking directions from, <laughs> yes. you know, like the train station to yeah. BBC headquarters and Fuck, all that sort of stuff, yeah, carrying I'm around a little burner phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was in all- a little, I had like the same thing when I traveled, like a little like a pouch yeah, open yeah. Half. yeah, yeah. yeah yep, it was yep. just all so sweet and Sick. innocent I look back at that now and I'm like how did I even stay alive <laughs> yeah. you know, let alone find BBC headquarters you yeah. know so um, what was the yeah. reason you got a smartphone for work because I remember mine specifically was because everyone was playing words with friends oh. and I loved words with friends and I couldn't play it so I was like I got to get an iPhone just that to play. That could be the most adorable reason <laughs> anybody's ever gotten a smartphone. Yeah. I was very late as well, but I think mine was just through peer pressure. Yeah, just yeah. One you I think yours work. I or? think mine was actually um, just free. Oh, sick! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think mine was as well. I think I was meant to give a guy a carton of piss for it, and I forgot to give him the carton. So yeah, you stole a phone. I stole a phone from That's 2007 or eight or <laughs> yeah. whenever when that was. Oh. I owe you some beers. Yeah, I think mine was just free, and then I kind of it was when I had started to gig. Um, so this is yeah six seven years ago, and I remember being in the UK, and you do your big email outs and yeah. try and get spots everywhere. And and this is just for open mic stuff at that point. But because I wasn't then walking around with a smartphone, I would go home 
six hours later and be like, oh, man, I missed yeah. an uh, opening for tonight fuck. because, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I think it was out of necessity. Mm. Um, and the same for social media and stuff as well. You know, like I don't love it but it yeah. is a necessary tool for self-promotion yeah. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was quite late to that sort of party. Before you move on to your next step, when you were writing for FHM, what kind mm. of stories were you doing? Was it stuff that you needed to provide a female perspective from? Was it written for guys, for men, for a target audience? What would, Or did they say, hey, we need you to do this? So basically I got that job through like a scheme, the organisers like media internships. Mm-hmm. So you submit a portfolio of work, which I had because I was writing these five to ten articles a week mm-hmm. um, and they were very much heavy on the personal voice, you know, b- feminism, m- my very early pathetic feminism that is. <laughs> and, uh, still very much, you know, <laughs> articles about dicks and stuff. And they obviously liked that. But then when I got there to do this internship, um, it was very interesting because I had zero creative responsibility or role. It was, okay, here, can you transcribe this interview with this supermodel? Uh, um, can you help us set this photo shoot up? Can you, that sort of stuff. And obviously that's what an internship is, which yeah. I was, you know, really glad to have done. And we were setting up for this photo shoot one day and um, it was all about, um, oh, it was something to do. They, you know how they have the sort of little columns or sections that are, mm-hmm. you know, like more skewed towards health, men's health, that yeah. sort of stuff. And it was all about the benefits of red meat. And again, this is a while ago because now we know red meat is a murderer. So this is, Yes. Jesus. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still eat it. But yeah. I have the same guilt as when I smoke when I'm drunk. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that was so good. But the next day I'm like, oh, man, that shortened yeah. my life. Um, so anyway, we were doing this this piece about, you know, red meat and little benefits of red meat and that sort of thing and um me and the creative director spent like probably three quarters of a work day trying to find the best looking steak in <laughs> london <laughs> and it was just it was so it was so pointless yeah. it was so pointless and it was for a photo shoot and then you know you set the lights up and this and that and we're all just standing around looking at this piece of fucking meat <laughs> on the floor. And he goes to – and this – bless this guy. He was, you know, really honest because obviously, you know, they have a lot of interns through there and stuff. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, do you want to be a writer? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, you like something like that, yeah. And he goes, yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> and we just looked at this steak and wow. I was like – Wow. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, you know, I was like 21. Yeah. You know, so none of those experiences, no matter how. That's literal. Oh, sorry. No, I say you had literal pieces of meat and then people yeah. being pieces of meat being looked <laughs> at in the magazine. And it was so, so – because oh, be before I started, all of my friends were like, oh, man, like FHM, you know, that's going to be a really toxic work environment. That's what I was just of, thinking then as you well. You know, horrible blokes and blah, blah, blah. And I got there and it was just all these really sweet IT nerds. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And loads of women too, you know. It was like – because it was um, Bauer Media Group. So they also had, um, you know, like Q Magazine and, a, and yep. Nuts Magazine. I don't know if we I had Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, and Zoo, I think as well. Zoo is um, my favorite. I've still got the last copy. Do you really? Yeah. I used to love reading Zoo. I know it sounds. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm actually saying some of their awesome. yeah, pretty fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's actually a lot of comics that do columns in. I remember Jacques Barrett. Yeah. I think Jacques used, used to have, have one. Yeah, That's how yeah. I knew him before I didn't do comedy. I saw mm. him. I was like, <gasps> "That's the guy that writes in Zoo. It's <laughs> the guy from the back page." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jacques oh. Cock, I think it was called. Jacques, or something. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, but that's before. 
blogs and all the internet and everything you could do it yeah, yourself. Now, yeah. Same with music. Like now you've got fucking Spotify and, mm. and all these streaming services. You can basically just put your own shit on there and do what you well, want. Exactly. And like our podcast is the same thing. You yeah. can fucking just – and that's <laughs> the thing. And, and this is what I appreciate so much because I'm not um, – I'm someone that – I think I need a platform. Like I need to sort of mm-hmm. have the interest from someone else who goes, I like what you do. Well, I like what you do. Well, let's yeah, work please. together. Yeah. If I just decided that I wanted to, you know, make a sketch show or something like that, mm. I don't – I really lack that innovation that some people have to just go, I want to make a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a thing. Yeah. yeah. And the thing gets made and then, you know, yeah. who knows how far it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm really just kind of like – I'll wait till someone emails me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. on my and smartphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think because I'll get it now. <laughs> yeah. That's where I've changed because I was probably the same, waiting, mm. and, and I just decided to start doing it myself. Yeah. And uh, even like skits and stuff, I'd tell, tell Delby, let's just do our own. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, mm. We're going to start filming our own and a bit of fun. And I've always been a doer, man. If I want to do something, I just fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. See, just I really appreciate that. I'm like, I'm an ambitious person, but I suppose I lack the, maybe the full confidence to just go, I'm going to pluck something out of thin air and make it a thing. Yeah. And the thing's going to stop me. Is if, yeah. it, if it doesn't come out exactly as you want it, you feel upset or you feel like you're going to be disappointed with the end result, but it's not. It's like, mm. that's that first step to the, the one maybe in six or seven attempts, that's the one where you go, oh, shit, that one's starting to, yeah. I'm starting to see it manifest to what Definitely. I wanted it to be yeah. originally. But yeah, I mean, that's... short of like doing a solo show, I, I don't really think I've done anything like that. And, yeah. you know, you write your own stuff and whatever, but it may or may not see the light of day. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The other constraint is time though as well. Like I'd love it's to do more, hey. film more content, film more skits, but it's just like this is the priority mm. and then the second one would be filming something and then it's mm. like – Fit that in between teaching, stand-up, weddings and shit. Your stand-up and shorty be the number one. Well, well, I guess your teaching's obviously a big part because that's, that's your nah, sort of bread and butter. fuck the kids. <laughs> fuck the kids. No, <laughs> don't. <laughs> that's a different... That's not meant to be the teacher's motto. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like your, your comedy is going a lot, fir- a lot further than it had been over the last few years and it's just slowly getting bigger and bigger. So yeah. surely that's something you're just going to start prioritizing. Well, bigger, I just say more of it. More of it, mm. yeah. But yeah. and that's the thing, you're not looking for the the work all <laughs> quantity, the time now. Quantity, not quality. Yeah. Now you're probably getting asked. To yeah, come yeah, yeah. It's, mm. wicked. Yeah. it's way nicer. Yeah, yeah. And same with you. Like, well, you I've, I've noticed that about Delby since I've been home as well, and like even in the last few years coming back, and a couple of the other boys. I stress boys, um, <laughs> you know, you kind of go, oh, shit, you know, you've really made strides and stuff mm, like that, yeah. which is great, you know. Yeah, so. Wolfie was saying that. Now he's not getting booked because Delby is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wolfie will always get booked. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the other thing is like you did say boys do get booked, but the flip side is there are girls that are good at comedy that are getting booked because they're good, like mm. yourself. And there's the other so ones- many, you know, there's so many um, women in the scene that I still haven't even met because I'm mm. like, well, they've yeah. come out of somewhere since I've been gone and everything, whereas when I started it was you could count yeah on one hand is that because they've got confidence to do it or they're getting picked more or do you think a combination of just like fuck it i'm gonna do it i think you know and then you've got the girls like motherhood who have worked together to make something and that sort of thing so yeah no it's great because the flip side is like you you have to gig to get spots Mm. right so just because you're a female or just because you're a, a comic that's good you shouldn't just get picked for that fact. It should be like 
you're doing the hard. If I'm putting in the hustle mm. and you're putting the hustle, mm. then we should both get spots. Definitely. You know, it can't be just like, oh, I gig once a week. Mm. Why aren't I playing at the Comedy Lounge? Mm-hmm. So, I've never asked this. How do you guys get on at the Comedy Lounge? Do you guys ask to get on or do they ask you guys? I thought you meant how do we, we get along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. do you guys get along? So, fine, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the heard. Comedy Lounge, I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, um, how do you get picked? I've never asked Brendan how this happens. Does he just They cook? just, yeah. They cook. It depends. Pick you guys, really. or do you try and I, source them? Without sounding like world's biggest prick, which I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> but Remembering you, that the Comedy Lounge sponsors this yeah. podcast. <laughs> if you preface, I don't mean to sound like a prick before you sound like a prick. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really levels yeah. things out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just sort of like, I remember just being at a point. Um, where I was constantly hustling and you're always the one asking, always yeah. asking, always yeah. asking. Mm-hmm. And this is back in the UK as well, um, or primarily. And then all of a sudden there's just this kind of nice flip, flip yeah. where, yeah, of course you still chase work and stuff, but, you know, people are coming to you <clears throat> and you sort of go, oh, that's it's a really nice feeling. Yeah. Sort oh, of, yeah. You're kind of reaping what you've sowed. That's not sound like a prick at all. That's saying, that's explaining to anyone listening how, how a comedy works. apprenticeship works. <laughs> how yeah, fucking true. anything works. It's, it's how my business started. Yeah. At the start, I had to fucking hustle. There was weeks where I, especially when I first went full time, yeah. I was like, fuck, where's the next paycheck coming from? Yeah. Mm. And I was really having to just like go out and all in, put ads out. Now it's the opposite. Yeah. I'm turning away Leave work. Alone. I can't yeah. fucking. I can't keep up. Mm. It's. I need to hire people to keep up. Yeah. And that's. Can I just interrupt and say I will never turn away work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't identify with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's I will great. still turn up to a fucking meat raffle. Yeah. And take photos of it with a director. Yeah, oh, exactly. So Where did you source this Where meat? Where did you get this steak from? <laughs> Artisan butchers in London. <laughs> yeah, the, um, but that is a comedy apprenticeship and it goes longer it is, and yeah. unpaid than any other apprenticeship. Exactly. So, And it's interesting. I've, yeah, I've heard myself go, oh, God, I'm going to sound like such a prick. Yeah. But, again, this is what we were just saying you know, with regards to gender in the industry as well. You kind of have... I wouldn't speak for all women, but I definitely have that thing, even though I know I'm established and I can come home and I can play whatever room and all yep. that sort of stuff. I still have that semi-imposter syndrome where you go, oh, how dare I think I am good at this Always. Yeah. sort of thing. If you don't have that as a comic, then you're not a comic. Mm. Everyone, like I've got a thing where someone will ask me for a spot and I'll be like, oh, how much is it? And they'll be like, hundred bucks. I'm like, man, I'm not doing my best for hundred bucks. Mm. And then I catch myself like, who the fuck am I, man? Mm. Like, yeah, I remember you have that conversation with yeah. someone, Janelle, Janelle and yeah. she didn't put you in your place, but like really leveled your head and just yeah. said, you, You've got to do the time. Yeah. You got yeah. to you got to do the work. So the convo like, was, I was saying, oh, like you know, I've been doing this amount of gigs. I'm like, I'm pretty confident in my my material. I think it's really good. I went to a gig and there was like 300, 400 people, and I got paid like a hundred bucks for twenty minutes, mm. and I was like twenty minutes of my gold. You're doing the maths there. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah. someone's making a lot of money. Off you me. like the maths? I always do the maths. He does the maths. He's but, a um, teacher. Yeah, mm. and I said, I said to Janelle, "Am I being?" arrogant am i being up myself am i in the right here to say well no i i don't think i should get i think i should get paid more i think what you paid me is wrong and she goes well put it this way you haven't got a tv presence radio presence no presence online nothing Mm -hmm. you're not a writer blah blah blah. um the promoter is the one putting the gig on so you're going to get paid that amount whether there's 10 people or 300 people it doesn't matter they're Mm -hmm. taking the risk so you either accept it and shut the fuck up or you decline it politely. Yeah, because they're taking no the thanks. risk, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Mm. So that was a good eye-opener. 
So, mm. but I still like, I still have that thing where someone offer me money that's not in the scene and they'll think it's like, oh, I'm giving you heaps. Mm. And it's like, that's See, not I really. I love the opposite problem where someone who doesn't run gigs is like, how's 500 yeah. <laughs> for a 10 spot? And you're yeah. like, oh, look, I usually, usually do. <laughs> you know, I usually bump it up a little, but you know, considering yeah. this is your first show you're running. Uh, yeah. I've had a few of those in the UK and you walk home being like, am I a piece of shit? Yeah, no. Or am I a legend? Legend, <laughs> of course. Oh, uh, classic. So, yeah, so I guess that we are talking about money. Mm. Um, you do get paid to write now, right? Uh, yeah, so I've had a few writing jobs um, recently, which I've really enjoyed. I wrote on the uh, second season of Kinney Tonight, which aired earlier this year, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I loved it. And it was something that came about. So I went and did uh, Just for Laughs Festival in Sydney mm-hmm. uh, a year ago, actually, November. Um, That's sick. How'd you get that? Yeah. Um, well, they, the producers of that show uh, were in Edinburgh. They came to my Edinburgh show. Um, and just yeah. just, well, casu- just casually drop in yeah. in Edinburgh. Well, <laughs> and didn't you get best? I didn't even know this. You got best newcomer. Of oh my Edinburgh? god! I did not get best newcomer. No, I wish. Um, that is a very very prestigious award. I I got good PR. Is all I got. Uh. I, no, I had I had a very I was very very um, good. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these men finishing my sentences <laughs> because I am. Don't have the confidence to do it myself. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You are literally calling me out on my bullshit live. <laughs> so I um, was having, I can't remember if it was you and I maybe talking the other night um, mm. backstage at the lounge talking about Edinburgh. Um, no, it wasn't. It was a story. No. I remember that now. Um, you were going to go along with it anyway. You? <laughs> no, no. Out I of politeness. There was something we were talking about, which I will talk about soon, but oh, yeah, carry on. See, now I can't remember. I'm scared. Oh, <laughs> um, an So yeah, I was talking to, to Matt about this and sort of just saying, like, I, I waited five years to do Edinburgh sort of thing. And you, yeah. know, you meet so many comics, especially in the UK, who have been doing open mics for 18 months and go, well, I'm going to go to Edinburgh mm. with a solo. And yeah. that sort of what I consider to be suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I bided my time and I kind of didn't really know when I was going to do it and then I was really blessed to um, get signed and go to Edinburgh in the same kind of package and my company took uh, really, really good care of me and it, they made it less of a gamble and I had huge team behind me and great PR and it all sort of came together like that. So mm. my um, <clears throat> my first Edinburgh was done in the best way that I could have possibly known how to do. Whereas I think if you have the urgency to go, oh, I want to get amongst it and I want to go and do an hour show and I want to, uh, yeah. same as, you know, we do with Melbourne here, you just go, I just want to be amongst it. I'm going to sign up and I'm mm-hmm. going to have a fucking dungeon <laughs> under the stairs mm. as my venue and pay yep. loads of money. And to me, that was just never worth it. Yeah. So what I did was go up as a punter for like three years and do out. a couple of spots here and there. Go and see as many shows in as many different venues as possible. Yeah. Because it's such a huge rite of passage and a huge thing to do that I was I mean, I'm a pretty cautious person anyway, and I like to make quite calculated decisions. So that was a really big one that I just felt like needed the research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well there's before what, I did it. There's three of the biggest in the world. Probably Edinburgh is probably is, is that's probably the biggest. Edinburgh is the biggest arts festival. Yep. Montreal is Montreal, the biggest comedy festival. And then you got and then Melbourne's obviously pretty world renowned as well. Mm. So you got Melbourne, Montreal and Edinburgh is mm. the biggest. Mm. And that's 
That's pretty fucking. It's pretty big. I guess you're lucky to be able to afford it as well. Living in London, it's not it's not breaking the bank to go three times. Whereas if we were doing it from here, of course, yeah. And that's thing. I had the luxury. Literally, you know, you jump on a fifty quid flight and you stay, you know, on someone's floor for three days. You Mm. go and see six shows a day. Yeah. You go to artist bars. You you know, do the do. I actually went to my brother's wedding. Was in Germany two years ago, Mm. right in the same time period of the Edinburgh festival and i was gonna just fly over for two days just to go catch as many shows as i could i didn't do it in the end just money wise Mm. but um and then timing and stuff with my brother's wedding but it was such a draw card for me to go there specifically Mm. for that festival is it hard to get accommodation uh yes but fortunately having had the backup and support it all comes through that so Mm. my agents you know they get i think the same three or four flats every year for the crew and the acts Mm. and you know the agents and stuff like that, the staff. And so it was all, it was just so seamless the way that they were supporting me and stuff. And they do that for all, that, all their acts. And, and um, is that where, is that always got like um, crowds or is it, if people are shit, you got empty venues or is it so, just basically for Well, the this time? is the other risk behind if you go up without that support. And I'm not saying, you know, people who go up without being signed, yeah. you know, are being suicidal in their mission. <laughs> but for me, it was just, it was such a big thing that it, was a no-brainer to be like, I will never do this before I've got that. Because, you know, you, I've got mates who couldn't even do half their runs because yeah. they never got the audience in, you know, and you rock up after you've been flying in the rain for six hours yeah. and you've got no audience, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, you have that thing where you go, wow, yeah, okay. You know, so I, I think it, it's a real learned well. thing, you know, it's a real learned thing to figure out what the best way to do this stuff is, I suppose. Yeah. So... You know, and I was lucky to have the support. So, um, but yeah, I, I think like probably I had, my room was a 50 cap room. It was a really great room to debut in. It's a room that a lot of good acts have debuted in. And I, again, had seen shows in that room. So I knew what I was going to. Um, and it was an absolute hot box. Um, what, like, no aircon? Oh my God. Like I had one big <laughs> fan that was just blowing hot air on me the entire time. And then, you know, the audience, you know, there was a few walkouts and stuff because everyone just like, fuck, I'm going to pass out in here. <laughs> I was like literally on stage sweating. But I mean, it's that to me, like, you know, it's discomfort and it's all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's it's part of the experience. You know, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. venues are boiling and old and dark and mouldy and yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, I think probably the lowest amount of audience i had was eight or ten yeah and then i hate small crowds like that though i'm so intimidated see but in the right room and especially with an hour show i would rather do an hour to four people than be on a lineup show with four people in the audience even if you only have to do 10 minutes yeah 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 because you know it's your gig yeah. it's your they're so your they're responsibility yeah. if i like i've done i did a preview in preview season at top secret comedy club in covent garden in london don't tell anyone about it <laughs> yeah. truly i shouldn't be telling you this i it's like a 180 seater one person <laughs> <laughs> Where do they sit? Where were like, they? Were they in the middle like you see the auditions? You know, <laughs> How do you do it? Like- she sat in the front row <laughs> in the middle. Is there anyone in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> Make some noise if you're How in a relationship. <laughs> and do you know what? I Fuck said to her, hell. I said to her, because I was like waiting and then like the... Um, <laughs> you just hear the door swing? The, yeah. The venue manager was like, so, you know, and I was like, yeah. You Did know. you have to pay for a 180-seater or no. was that just... Okay. I didn't. No, thank God. 
But um, fuck, and I fuck. sat I sat down on the stage and it was a preview, so I had all my notes and you know it was yeah. it was a very loose show anyway. It was one of my early previews last year, and I sat on the stage and I just said to her, "Can I take you for a beer?" And we go around the corner, and if you want to hear what I'm going to do in the show, like we can sort of do that. And just thinking like, there is no way she's going to say no to this. <laughs> yeah. And we're in London. <laughs> And she goes, oh, I actually got the train down from like Manchester for this, like to come and see you. <laughs> oh, my God. She, what a fan. She had lived in Brighton and seen me a lot down there yeah. where I'm very famous <laughs> and uh, had come down from Manc to, to this show. That's um, unreal. Yeah. Talk about a fan blowing hot air. That's your so one you, fan blowing hot air. Right now. <laughs> and I was like, I sat there and I was like, oh. So you did the hour? <laughs> How could I not? <laughs> But I did it. I made it. Was it like bar stuff? I was going to say, I made it very intimate, but I had no fucking choice. So I sat. What can I I do creatively with this? I sat on the stage and I sort of did it. You know, when you retell a story and you tell it like a play by play and you're like, oh, and then we did this or then she said that, blah, blah, blah. I sort of did that with the show where I sat down and went, okay, so I kind of, I start with this and then I go a bit like that and then, you know, here's a few of the jokes. And and did she say, shut up and just show me the show? (laughs) She was so, and ended up being like, you know what, I didn't want to die afterwards. I was really surprised. Um, I was on the train on the way home just feeling pretty like wow okay why you got yeah. you I got should feel that. worse yeah. but I, it also did feel a bit like I've heard all those stories about my favorite comics yeah. Yeah. who have done a show to one, one person, person who have done a show to their sound man at the back of the room who have done a show to one creepy mega fan that's come in that sort of thing yeah. you know? so I kind of I I mean it wasn't like, a I made it moment but it was you know <laughs> I sort of, of on the train on the way home just kind of being like well that that was that horrible experience mm. that everyone talks about having. And mine was quite pleasant. She was great. We made it a bit of a collaborative thing. She's, you know, Yeah, you just workshopping the ideas. It was, it was Why actually- Why would she not go to the pub with you though? If she really likes you- And that's the thing. I was that- like, dude, I will buy you all the beers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am happy for this to cost me more, more. money <laughs> so that I don't have to do this show. And she was like, oh, like- I've been on the train for two hours. Oh, sort of thing. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, you. Because I could imagine if that was Bill Burr, right, and I'm a big fanboy and he's like, do you want to go get a beer? I'd be like, fuck yes, fuck I do. Fuck yes. <laughs> fuck the show. Can I just say, I am nobody's Bill Burr. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, oh, that sure. one woman, maybe. Oh, bless her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was a funny one. And then, like, I've done other previews, you know, where I've had – four people who have all come together and they're mates and they sit in the middle of the room and it might be a tiny little room above a pub or something and mm. I just sit, I get a drink and we go, okay, what's your name, what's your name, what's your name, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of – I quite enjoy those because you can make it a collaborative experience mm. and I am not someone that enjoys or particularly seeks crowd workout at a normal show. Right. Yeah. So for that, for me to have that is quite a cute version of doing crowd work and sort of because yeah. it's safe they're intimidated i'm intimidated we're all a little bit insecure in that kind of situation i think it's weird that that scenario there so you got four people mm. the only difference between talking shit between you and four of us sitting around having drinks yeah is that there's a physical stage there's a barrier yeah. and it just changes the dynamic doesn't it because i was like just thinking then the way you're explaining it i'll watch you on if i was in the kitchen at kick-ons mm. and there's four people 
I could talk so much shit, make everyone laugh, yeah. and it'd be nothing. Mm. But if you put me on a stage mm-hmm. and they're sitting down, yeah. it's almost like... Yeah, oh, which is why I sort of dance, like I do. I, I sit on the stage and I go get a wine and I go, we're going to start 10 minutes late and that sort of stuff. I yeah. make it like sound like I'm very good at this. Which <laughs> like, <laughs> many a four-people show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I kind of... And it's... It probably happens more in the UK because previewing is such an extensive thing throughout Mm. the year before you get to Edinburgh. And there's a lot of little comedy festivals that run in smaller places where you do have those kind of shows and you have the shit runs and all that sort of stuff where, you know, they are really difficult. Is that because of the saturation? I would say so, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, those um, smaller festivals will get big acts because those big acts are doing, you know, big rooms in Edinburgh and they mm. want to come and, and test their stuff. So, you know, those festivals are really not off limits for anybody and that's why they're great to do because you go and do them and then afterwards you run and go and see, you know, someone that you've just watched do the Apollo. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and that's why I love it. I love the scene over there as cold, hard and, <laughs> and harsh as it is. If you do well, you kind of know that you can do it. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm very interested to see what Fringe is going to be like this year Mm. because there's no international guests coming in, no big-name international. You might have a few interstate now because the borders have opened, I guess. I don't know if anyone's booked some last-minute like we're going to bring out or if maybe even Fringe has been smart enough to extend the the registration time for that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. But... Really, it's still not going to be so saturated. It's going to give a lot of local people a huge opportunity to have a a good crack. Well, yeah, I heard that. uh, Well, the sort of guesstimate was before um, any of the borders and any of the states were going to be able to come in, that Mm -hmm. it was going to be operating on at about forty percent capacity to usual. As As in venues or acts, acts and 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 events, basically. So forty percent of the usual sort of rate. Mm. Um, Which now that we're opening to various other states. yeah, I think, you know, I think basically we'll have um, Queensland, South Australia acts come over, I reckon, who have yeah. probably been biding their time waiting yeah. to see if this is going to happen mm-hmm. and luckily so. Um, but I, It's not going to saturate the place, yeah, is it? So, I doubt that we'll have Vic and New South Wales acts. Well, certainly not a lot because you do nah. have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, still. exactly. So someone would have to be to yeah putting in a lot of... They'd it's a lot to, to do for like a four-night run. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you possibly weren't expecting to do a show this year. Yeah, you know. nah, 100%. Yeah. But I guess it's good. It, it'll just be good for the local the local comedians. Good the for local me, mate. Acts. i got 58 shows booked in. Yeah, I know. You were I'm fucking, fucking. going to turn it into some dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm, just, I'm just really interested to see what happens in that and how, how many people sort of um, go to... I still think see? it'll be as busy, man, because it's... The well, same they won't people. have anything else to go see. Will yeah. they still want to go see Fringe shows? There's just going to be a lot more disappointment from the local open micers that think they've got an hour of, or a show when people show up and they're like, <laughs> and that they was fucking trash. So what about like... So at what point did you guys know when you had a, an hour? Three months in. <laughs> did When you had an hour? No, I did my first Spoken show. Spoken like a true open <laughs> <laughs> I did my first show literally a year in. I did none of that. Yeah, okay. that was just me talk, telling stories about being Italian. Mm. And how did it go? It sold out every show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was one of those guys. So, how I, did it like, go? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, how did it go? Because I know. Um, well, back then I used to wear a singlet on stage, shorts on stage, until Sean Conway pulled me up on my shorts. Um, 
it was good, bro. Like it went really good. But when I if I compare it to me now, singlet then, on stage. Yeah, I sweat a lot when yeah. you were saying that sweat box. That's I would bring a towel and a single, and I was fat, so I would fucking <laughs> sweat heaps, man. So now it's not so bad, but I always sweat when I rap, and I sweat when I, when the spotlight's on me quite a bit, mm. and when I'm nervous. It does get hot under the lights, yeah. but yeah. But um, if I look back on it and compare it to me now, it's chalk and cheese. But, yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was really good to Good actually. for what it was at the time. See, yeah. that's great. I, I think I did my first preview show which was 45 minutes at a writers festival um, a small writers festival in Brighton in the UK in 2016 or 17 now I can't remember yeah that then turned into my first hour which yep. was babe in 2017 and I like to do work in progress one year solo show the next year yeah. work in progress solo show yeah because I like an entire year to, to write, to, yeah. to put a show together. Yeah. Whereas here, this you got to trial it. You got to see. Yeah, what's to works me, and, and because that's really what we do in the UK is you absolutely cane the shit out of a, your preview show, and then that turns into your hour, which is really solid. And you know, it's been on the road effectively because you've mm-hmm. done it in a bunch of different places. So that's what I still quite like to do because now I have just found out that I'm going to be here for this fringe coming. So mm. I'm going to do a work in progress. And I've had so many people, comics, go, why don't you just stick a 15 on your 2019 hour because no one here has seen that. Mm. And I'm like, because that's my 2019 hour. Like that's not really yeah. true to me anymore that hour. Like a lot's happened and I want to <clears> do. Would you just do that as well though? Because think- I'm thinking money-wise, you're thinking art-wise. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Fringe is a massive money maker if you're good at hustling. I'm so comfortable with having no money <laughs> <laughs> after 10 years in the UK. Um, I, I will do, I'll do, because my 2019 show, which was the Edinburgh show, which had a really good bit of hype around it, had a bunch of sellouts and mm-hmm. I got good PR, I've got really good pull quotes, which hopefully, which should mean that it would sell well. I will do that for Perth Comedy Fest, cool. I think. Yeah. yeah, I will need to change it a bit because a lot of it um, needs a bit of updating. Does your management book that? They or? will do, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I want, I've always missed the cutoffs and I've been like, yeah, I really want to do it. I don't want to get involved. It's May, isn't it? Because yeah. the people that run Sydney Comedy Fest run Perth, right. Shane. Um, so, yeah. I'll, I'll be doing it for that and I believe they do just weekends or two or three night runs yeah, it's not for Perth much. Comedy Fest, so, mm. which is fine. Sick. So, yeah. What's it called? So, people listening, what's mm. your work? Are you going to call it work in progress? It Brody will literally Snook? be Brody Snook work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it, you need that caveat for yeah. people to go, what, hi, what are tickets are cheap because this show <laughs> yeah. is, a work in is progress. not finished. <laughs> it's a nice double entendre as well because as a person, you're a work in progress. 100%. And it's a, exactly. Um, so, how long will that be? Would did do Pro- an hour? 50 minutes, 55, yeah. And... Um, uh, you obviously get someone, I guess, to open for you, but fuck no. <laughs> Would you? That is. Can someone explain that to me? Because it's I mean, just nerves, bro. It's yeah, but man, the fuck up and do your hour. Like yeah. I yeah. don't understand that. Like I've there are so many, and I will not name names, obviously, because <laughs> half of them are on that fucking whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people. <laughs> Please yeah. don't make this the promo. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just thinking in my head this would be a great grab. <laughs> as long as there's no camera on the whiteboard. No. Um, so, you know, you do, you go, oh, I'm our show and blah, blah, blah. And then you get a mate to come up and do 15 to 20. Like, I, that's mm. just. Oh, I'd never do that. That's cutting into your time. I don't. I did, I did I five don't get minutes it. at the top, and mm-hmm. that was purely because I was a pussy. 
Mm. I, I didn't want the responsibility of warming the crowd up. I wanted them to be warm, ready to go. So you yeah, got right. someone to do five. Pinder. Right. Pinder and camp. Just my mates. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. so the flip side was, A, I was a pussy. I wanted them to warm it up. Mm. But that still gave me 50 minutes, which is I was happy I also with. just thought that's just what you do. No. It's not just no, what you, don't you have no. to do. No. You don't have to. And see, then that, the other flip it's side. It's a real anomaly for me to see people do that. I'm like, what do you do? This is your yeah. festival show. Like, why are you? Unless it's mm. the split bill or something. But yeah. yeah. What the about like when you go to see a big show, like a, a, like a oh, fucking, who knows, like a Jerry Seinfeld or like a Chris Rock? Like a support. Yeah. yeah. And they I have someone come on and do 10 That's prior. like where the mentality comes from. Because I did that. I spent a year doing that mm-hmm. in the UK. Yep. Like, I've just come off that tour at the start of this year when COVID happened. I was really lucky. I'd just come off this big year of work. So I supported uh, Irish comic Ardlo Hanlon on his UK tour. So we did three different legs over the course of a year. Yeah. And I went out and did 25 every night. And we were playing these beautiful theatres all over the prior. country. 25 prior. And then you'd have Far like a 20-minute interval and he'd do oh, yeah. 70. Yeah. So it was a big tour That's show. Intense. Yeah. Mm. And it was fa- – it was the that and Edinburgh to date are my best work experiences yeah. because – you learn you, so much. Are you saying photographing a piece of steak is not one of your best <laughs> experiences? If I was going to stay at FHM, it sounds like that would pretty much be my career. Huh? Yeah, so, right. But yeah, no, that's it was a just, long time as a warm up and then a break. It's almost an hour before they see who they're there to see. Yeah, that was one thing. And that's that, why it's such a great job to do because yeah. you, especially like Ardle's, you know, mid fifties Irish dad. He's a fuck, an incredible comic, but. Obviously, you know, he's done a lot of telly over there. His mm. demographic is older people. Mm. And I was going out being like, so vibrators. And, you know, <laughs> you, you had to, you know, and especially a lot of people, because they'd seen him from telly, they weren't comedy goers. Yeah. They were like, oh, that guy we like off that show is in oh, our small town. Yes. Yeah. We're going to go out to the theatre and mm. watch him, you know. And then he introduces me, I come out, and I'm doing my 25. Like, it is such a great job to do because... You have to work. Yeah. Like you have to work. It's not 10 at the comedy lounge going, well, everyone probably is going to get into this because they're out on a Saturday and yeah. it's a club and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You really have to work and that's why I love it because some of the gigs were really hard and yeah. some of them were glorious. Mm. Like it was this real mixed bag. Well, I mean like Rory even the other day and I fucking I love the show but he – his structure was very similar to that. He had Wolfie and Pinder both do, I think, 15-ish, mm. 10 to wow. 15 prior, then at like a 20, 15-minute interval, and then he came out and did his hour. Oh, mm. wow. It I was a long show. See, but it I didn't feel like, like it, but the, it was just I hadn't seen Yeah, in a setting before. like that, because obviously Rory, I believe he sold out. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a big theatre show, you know, to have two warm-ups and mm. then a break that, and then to do an hour sort of thing. Yeah. I guess I, if you I look at it as an experience that, that yeah. I don't think they were allowed to or maybe he just didn't try to sell the top tier. Mm. Uh, but it's still it was still the ho- it was fucking epic. It was I've learned from doing those theaters even if it's not sold you address it anyway because then the crowd's going to be like oh yeah. there's people up there you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. you're like how's everybody there's no one to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I did the um the the um, WA Mental Health Gala at Heath Ledger Theatre the other week. And, um, I was supposed I, to do that one. They could only yeah. sell, I think, just over a third of it due yeah. to COVID restrictions. That's crazy. Wow. There's maybe like 200 and something people in a 500 cap theatre. So yeah. what the- How'd it feel? It was, they were beautiful, but it was, it's a big space and they were just spread. Dissipates. And, you yeah. know, it was, it was a really fun gig and they were lovely and like the lineup was great and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you just, 
is just such a shame. Did you have stipulations put on you where you weren't allowed to say, oh, that's crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Um, Yeah, I mean, it it fits. I think, like, because I'm used to gigging in London, which is a really, for the most part, very liberal left kind of scene, and, Mm. you know, there's a lot of crackdowns rightly so about you know any ableist jokes any you know basically effectively the same sort of stuff we have here but it's probably more enforced Mm. um and you know if you break those rules you probably won't get invited back so the stakes are a lot higher what do you think of that um i as someone that probably subscribes to all of that stuff anyway there's only a few things that i've found i've had to curb from my material personally Um, But, you know, very few or it makes me write in a different way that I go, well, if that is likely to offend somebody in the wrong way, not in a clever, edgy, look at me, I'm a great comic kind of way Mm. in a way that it's actually genuinely going to ruin someone's night if they're at the butt of that joke. Mm -hmm. I kind of I do believe, you know, what they say is that, you know, if you can't if you don't think you can be funny without being a piece of shit, then maybe you're actually not that funny. I do believe that because I think. You need to find the tools to write in such a way that if you want to be edgy, you want to be dark, that, you know, you do it in a way that's actually clever. Yeah. I don't like when people do it for the sake of it. Mm. Like if I had a genuine thought Mm. and I knew it might be at the expense of a group that's the minority, I'm still going to say it because it's true to myself. It's me. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it in a way where I know I'm just going, oh, right, you got no legs and uh, I can run faster than you, whatever it is. Yeah. But I hate when people try to censor you and say, well, if you're going to do that material, you're out, Mm. if it's funny. Mm. I do. I, I see it from both sides. I don't like that, but I do like the idea. That you're saying basically it challenges you to yeah. come from it, and come it at ma- it from it a different angle. It makes you look inward and kind of go, okay, well, you know, it's sort of it's it, it's almost like a uh, a kind of empathy tool. Yeah, because you sort of go, okay, well, none of those things apply to me. I think that's really funny, mm. but if I was X Y Z, mm. how would I feel about that? And I suppose maybe as a woman, you get that a little bit more than if you're not but you know i don't really know like there's there's a joke i really want to do that i haven't done is it racist it's uh, no (laughs) no that's just for private conversation (laughs) that's just at the family dinner table yeah (laughs) there's the promo um but there's a joke i really want to do that is so i think it's absolutely Chef's kiss. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. yeah. Chef's Perfect. kiss. Yeah. But I call that the nonna. <laughs> the nonna. But of course I do because, you know, yeah. I'm not the butt of that joke. Yeah. Um, but again, the, you know, it's it's more of a sensitive topic than it is an attack on a certain group. Mm. But I can really see how, and this is why I haven't done it yet. Do you want I, to do a preview here? <laughs> we got a, instead of one person, we got a uh, two-person preview. Have you guys got an email address for complaints? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I think we do, but we don't check it. No, we, we Have don't. Have we checked a hard yarn's email? No, I don't know what it is. I thought you set it up. So. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did. I thought we did a, we applied for a, I love that you guys look, we've work. got well, t-shirts and bottle openers. Yeah. <laughs> Just no email or smartphone. Just no, <laughs> Just no way for people to contact us. It's We're Brody Snook in 2007 or whatever yeah, it was. Truly. You guys are like, we've you just got one burner phone us. between yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you want to do it. It's a topic. Do you want to give us a preview or two scared? I, I mean, I won't actually do the joke, but basically I want to do a joke about how, and I'm very aware that you don't edit this podcast. <laughs> but, um, oh, hang on. Should we clear this with management? Or? <laughs> this but is a legend. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. And I, I don't, 
I'm saying I want to do a joke. Yeah. Right? I've basically written in my notebook the general joke. You're like, I've got this. the joke. I'm just trying to work the balls to the ball. Pretty much. I'm waiting for them to kick in. <laughs> but which is why you do a thing like a work in progress. Yeah. Because if yeah. you do it and everyone goes, holy fuck, no, you go, won't be doing that tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or I will, again, go back to the drawing board and go, okay, Try why didn't way. they like that? Was that too yeah. close? Yeah. So my bit that I want to do is that how the uh, epitome of toxic masculinity, the embodiment of toxic masculinity are those men that stay behind to defend their homes from bushfire. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, yeah. Because the whole idea behind that is not to at all make fun of victims. Oh, yeah. bushfire, it's yeah. to make fun of that mentality of a guy going, I'm going to fight fire. <laughs> so, I am true. going to take on an element. I am element. literally <laughs> going to take on an element. With what? With a garden hose. Truly. <laughs> and a and bucket and of water. And it's like that's the kind of – and then the and joke so you, had, as I've written it so far is to sort of dissipate it and make it, you know, like your Rossi boots melting, get in the car yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not to kind of go, these fucking idiots sort of died in bushfires. Yeah. It's to sort of yeah. – No, nah, really, I definitely yeah. think you can do it's that. It's to get yeah, that mentality to kind of go, God, how toxic is that masculinity where some guy thinks that they, a bushfire – Bushfire raging towards him is like side eye at the Rosen crowd. I'm going to take it. You know, it's you know. Yeah. So now, yeah, I, That's I, don't, I don't. I mean, again, I'm just not ignoring all professional of, advice. I'm not at the butt of any of those jokes. No, so I can't again, say no. That I, what are you talking about? You're a toxic yeah, masculine. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as in, I've never fought a fire and yeah. had it, well, or course. died in a fire yeah. or I've had got, a family. I've got blokes that do that. It's called firefighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, one of my best mates is a firefighter. But and then you can go further into it and sort of you know make it seem a lot less knife's edge than it really is and I mean I've already got jokes like that so but yeah that's an example of something that I feel I go I haven't quite found the way to make this stage well you wouldn't do it in say Sydney Mm -mm. right you work it here and then you figure out how to do it in Sydney. Yeah, and then yeah. perhaps never yeah. get rebooked in Sydney. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. but it, but I, don't, it, I don't think you could. No, but it's you, you, you could do well it you with... You could, but... You could, you could do it. You could, because like, it's you not about to, the dead to, people. It's about guys thinking, I'm going to fuck a fire up. Yeah. yeah. And then again, you do have to think about, okay, well, we've had like one of our biggest tragedies this year and no doubt yeah. something like that is going to happen again in the summer. And you just think that is such a hugely sensitive topic for our country. Mm. Is that something that I can – I know what I'm making fun of. I'm yes. fine yeah. with that. But are they not Are they not going to get exactly. it? I think you'll be right. I think you'll be good. Okay, we'll do it then. Yeah. Because well, Pinder – Just because, like, you go to a comedy show, you, I think something like that at a comedy show is – Perfectly fine. Yeah. If you yeah. were doing it on like the news, like look at this dumb cunt. <laughs> and, but, and that's the thing because some people find that? that one part of a joke, one part mm. of anything, and they then make- they stick with it. And mm. I use this, and this isn't like uh, bigging up the blackface thing, but Robbie Downey Jr. Yo, shout out to the blackface. <laughs> Robbie Downey Jr. This is the second defended podcast in a row, in a row you brought that up. Is it? Yeah. Is it fresh in You're my mind? You're one more K away from a fucking One more K. <laughs> but he defended his uh, his – use of the blackface in that movie saying I am actually showing what a person who's insensitive to the blackface thing Mm. is doing and he was actually doing his defense (laughs) of that I did read that or it was the interview or whatever it was quite multifaceted where he went I am playing that person playing that sort of thing I'm playing a guy who's in being insensitive to Mm. other people and not understanding the actual issue and if you can't turn the mirror on society like that then yeah. yeah, but people didn't see that. They just see a guy playing blackface mm, mm. and go straight for that. Mm. Anyone of- that's offended by most stuff takes shit out of context. 
Yeah. Well, that's a bit of a general saying, but a lot of the time um, people I think looking you definitely for need a complaint <laughs> for that comment. That- people that look to be offended will pick out what they want to be offended on. We've never got a message, and that's probably why we don't have an email because <laughs> <laughs> we are not I mean, subtle about. So you get complaints think. about anything. You guys just need a Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, just send it to complaints at hardyardspodcast.com. <laughs> we'll check. And if it bounces back, it's <laughs> yeah. not our. Well, fault. if the WA police can't get theirs right, then we fucking. Oh, yeah. Do you hear about that? Mm. Mm. I had to find out. Six like, years worth of fucking reports, man. Oh, for what? Complaints. For, to the police. Not even complaints, like domestic violence, rapes, that just sexual went attacks, un- unanswered, and they didn't know where it went, man. <sighs> fucking brutal. Silly. Yeah, um, what's up with the police? They don't, they're six years. They're Brody snooking it. Six years behind on their six email. Years on a <laughs> <laughs> we just come up with a term. We're Brody snooking it when we're behind. I've um, been busy doing really important stuff, you guys. So you are back in Perth, and the whole transition over from London. I mean, mm. she had to do the quarantine. I don't know. Did you, you get in the chat water? Or was that? Oh, we haven't even talked about my. Oh well, let's go to that success. first before you go in. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go to that first, and then we'll go back. So. The newcomer award that I did get um, was not for Edinburgh. It was uh, so Chortle uh, are a UK comedy industry mm. staple, I suppose you could say, depending on how they review. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of people will get like three stars from Chortle and go, oh, fuck, it's Chortle. It's a blog. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and then you get newcomer 2020 and you're like, oh, my God, Chortle. <laughs> you guys are great. The prestigious staple of the comedy industry. So that's how I've introduced it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when you you know you have a mate that's been given a shit review from them or something, oh, it's a fucking blog. Don't even care about it, you know. So, um, but yeah, oh wait, just do you guys want me to sing while we all get water? No, no, no. Keep telling me, and I'll tell him. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> so people listening, Branch has just walked out mid uh, mid explanation of Brody's career highlight. Yeah, well, I'm glad, so anyway. I'm so glad it held your interest. You asked me the fucking question. <laughs> Can you imagine any other scenario when I'm you just getting a true a insight into your marriage right now, Branch? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. Oh, Toxic that. masculinity. Mate. I am. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, <laughs> just, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> Hold that thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got the best we? newcomer from so, Chortle. So yeah, uh, Chortle. Uh, well, basically, it is. It is a big compliment because it goes to a vote and it goes to a public vote. Oh. Um, which is great. Oh, cool. So you get they nominate. No mail-ins or voter fraud. No. Oh. no. I mean, Are you sure? Don't bring it up now. <laughs> Go to Supreme Court about this. Seven months later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does. It goes to a public vote. So they have the nominees and then it goes to a public vote. And I had been on this tour for the majority of the year and I, I, I don't know who voted, but, you know, a lot of people saw me on that. And, Sick. You know, that who was your competition? Any ideas or are they doing nothing now? Um, no, they're, they're all... I was just trying to figure they're out, They're all you know. elite. Yeah. They're all fantastic comics yeah. who I was like, you know, wow, okay. To be, to be, Subtly you know... Subtly arrogant? Yeah, to be yeah. arrogant. They're all fantastic, they're all fantastic but I won. But, you know? And to be better than them yeah. um, was just, you know... Um, no, so it was. It was a big compliment. And usually they have an awards night and stuff like that, but obviously nothing uh, this year. But, you know, it's a it's a good thing. You know, it's not the be all and end all. It's good for a poster. Yeah. It's yeah. good for, you know... The bloody bio on Instagram, yeah, the yeah, comedy yeah. lounge when they book me and that sort of thing. It's it's something, you know. So it's it's like having a good pull quote for your Edinburgh show. Do, well, does yeah. it help you get booked as well? Like in regards, can you say, yeah, 
and we've been doing this with our podcast now, mm. the, the bigger end guests we get, we actually go, oh, we've had this guy on our podcast or this girl on our podcast mm. and then they we feel like it validates us a bit more. Is that... Does yeah. that help you with the comedy? Does it? I'd like- say so. It helps, or it certainly helps my agents when they pitch me for stuff, you know. And mm. you know, it's a good thing to have in your bio. Um, mm. So and yeah. it helps just your your average numpty, like oh, it's either Brody Snook or it's best newcomer in the UK, exactly. Brody Snook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turtles twenty twenty best newcomer, Brody Snook, or yeah. you know. I had like a really good um, a quote from the UK Telegraph with my Edinburgh show, which mm. was Snook could be going places. Sick. Obviously, that ended being <laughs> Centrelink and Perth. Absolute jokes on the UK Telegraph. There. Yeah. I certainly used to, when I used to look at my fringe festivals and stuff, and without knowing any of the comics yeah. or mm. at all, I would look at those sorts of things. Mm, you do. Would- and because, you know, they're selling points. And that's, you know, when you're at a, a the world's biggest arts festival and you've got 3,000 acts mm. in the guide mm. and you're kind of going, fuck, I've got five days here. I want to go and see some comedy and some circus and some yeah. this and some that. You look for that stuff and you look for the quotes and you look for, you know, the bits in bold in the bio mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, they are. They're all great. And I, I, I diminished it in the introduction, which I shouldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good. Uh, yeah, it's I'm not a bad friend show. Subtly arrogant. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting myself less work as we speak <laughs> by sort of minimising all of my achievements. But, you know, so it's good. But stuff like that, you know, um, Kenny Tonight writer, Brody Snook, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, Kenny's yeah. so funny, man. You yeah. say that? Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah. It but. was um I I loved writing for that. It was really fantastic experience and something that God you asked me this and I never even answered the question. So the producers of that show came to my Edinburgh show yep. and then booked me for um sorry, the producers for Just for Laughs Festival, mm-hmm. Sydney Opera House came to my Edinburgh show. So <laughs> just opera threw in house. the Opera House. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, pause. Opera, opera house. house. Opera House. <laughs> Next to the Harbour Ridge. Um, Sold out. <laughs> so they came to my show, then booked me for that. I came over in November, did that, and then the producers for Kinney tonight were at Just for Laughs. That's awesome. So it's, you know, it's one job to another, which mm-hmm. is why things like that are really great because you do the next thing and you might go, fuck, what's next? And then someone in the audience goes, hi, I'm industry, and you have a beer and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they, it, it all kind of worked like that. But um, On yeah. the flip side, I remember asking you this question. If you've written a hell funny joke for a skit, then you don't own it anymore. And you can't do it on stage. What's mm. the what's the uh, oh. what's the payoff? What's the struggle? Yeah, it's um yeah the sort of struggle with your kind of intellectual property, I mm. guess. And you can you know plagiarize yourself as well. You got to be really yeah. careful about that because you know so say I was writing a sketch for Kinney or a part of a monologue or something like that because it was you know they'd send you a brief and they'd mm. go take however long you want, send us however many you want. Yep. You know, this is what we're looking for. We're hoping to do a sketch about X, Y, Z. Yep. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I've got a bit about that. Mm. Do I Fuck sacrifice up bit. that bit? Yeah. Or do I? And, and to be honest, I had a phone meeting with Troy before we got into this and he was wonderful. He made that point to say, obviously you're a stand-up. You know, we might send you stuff that goes, okay, we're doing a bit about dating or we're doing a bit about marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and one of the first things you might think of is, oh, I've got like five minutes on that. Maybe yeah. I could just yeah. chuck a couple of bits from that in there. 
Um, and he's like, that is completely up to you. But obviously it's a huge thing to give up one of your jokes yeah. for this purpose. Um, and I'm really glad he said that because there were a lot of instances in which that was the case. And I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, I probably would have just gone, oh, fuck it, I'll, something to yeah. put on paper, isn't it? And then go, man, that took me like Ages. two months to write, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So it was really interesting because then it pushes you to go, oh, okay, well, if I have this bit that says ABC, you know, and I do that in my set and I don't want to give that away, what's like the next logical thing? And you sort of end up doing a bit of a comedic mind map Mm, with whatever the topic is. And I found that was one of the really good ways of writing was kind of going, okay, so they've said the sketch is about this. How about if I think about this, this, this and this in relation to this? Mm. Um, This is probably really boring because I'm not actually giving (laughs) examples, but that's kind of how I found it was good to challenge yourself with that rather than going, hey, I've got a joke about that. Fuck, I'll give it away for free. Because then you go, someone might have seen me do that at JFL on Mm. Foxtel and gone, have you nicked that from Kinney? Yeah. You know. But it's the other way around. And yeah. Then, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, it. that's, you know, yeah. how you get the bad industry rumours. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that's that a, would be fucking that so... Is difficult, I'd yeah. be so devo. I'd never be able to give up one of my jokes and then if it came famous through someone else, yeah. like, oh, you mm. stole that. I was like, I wrote that. Yeah. That's exactly. mine. And that's, you know, it's really common with social media and stuff. And, you know, a lot of comics that I follow have taken the retweet option yeah. off their yeah. tweets, you know, for that sort of stuff. And I mean, bloody Lad Bible have been stealing jokes for years yeah. and they've yeah. only just started crediting the comics. Yeah. Oh, really? And the writers. Yeah, yeah. They've been so much trouble for that. Yeah, because D- Dave Hughes, who we had on, he yeah. actually writes specifically for uh, The Dad. The Dad. The, mm. And the dad. Mock the Week. Mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. met Pinder's mate, Hughesy? I haven't, but I've followed him on socials when I saw he was on at the lounge and yeah. his tweets are great. For, yeah, mm, hilarious. Really started, so I was just th- about to ask. But he has to up. be careful about... Um, well, now, because yeah. he started doing stand-up. Yeah, mm. yeah, he's exactly. He's given away all of his gold in the past. Exactly. And he, he's st- he started, he put his stuff up on Twitter as well, like mm. the full... Like, I guess a lot of his fans are international. He's not yeah. going to really mm. use all this long-term, but... Yeah, now if people see yeah. that, they, they know that joke it's that, that he's sort told. Of, you know, it's it's the different ways of exposure, I suppose. Like I've done jokes. Like in one of my previews, I um, – well, sort of it became a thing throughout my previews that led up to the 2019 show. I was just going through like my old tweets and stuff like that and you sort of think, God, you knew a couple of things that I'd maybe captioned – on Instagram and stuff like that that have actually ended up being jokes. And I'm kind of like, if someone follows me mm. and they recall seeing that, they're kind of, I don't know, it's not hacky because it's your own stuff, but you sort yeah. of think, oh, is this a bit of a... Yeah. Am I kind of giving you a double dose of something that you scrolled past once two years ago? Yeah. Not that people give a shit about you enough to remember no. a caption, but... Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as fresh if it already exists somewhere else. I hate doing a joke and then seeing someone do something on Twitter or Instagram that's really similar to your bit, man. Because mm. I'm like, I've made that up. It yeah. just shows how easy it is. Mm. <laughs> but like, like my you, birthday, like bit, you with your crow crows, yeah, 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 and send, and not realizing it, and six years later, later it comes up on his on your uh, yeah, so memories pin, and pin crow bit, crow's mm. bit, the accents. So I, I, my, I wrote my stat when I was in Canada. I was like, man, fucking. Crows in Australia have got an Aussie accent because mm-hmm. the crows here sound different. Yeah. And it popped up and I was like, oh, Pinder, you stole my bit. Six years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you didn't really, um, but. And I mean, I the mental health gala gig was emceed by Matt Diktinski yeah. and he has a John Hughes bit. Yes. And we were talking backstage about that and he sort of said, you know, because Pinder. Oh, is that who's got the, the John other. Hughes it's bit. John it's Hughes not bit. similar enough, I don't no, think. No, yeah, but okay. that's the sort of thing. And he. I, 
paraphrasing here. Does he do the here, fucking voice of, like him? I mean, it was good. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Sorry, it's a, a cat. cat. <laughs> you were like wife, daughter. Didn't even mention the cat. Oh, yeah. Two cats and a Might dog. Be a yeah. terrifying cat that slinks past yeah, that's in a silence. That one's name us. is Bronx as well. Jesus. Yeah, so Matt, um, Matt was saying So, what? yeah, Matt sort of basically more or less had said that he had said to Pinder, you know, like your bit is the bit, you know, it's really great. And yeah. not that I'll never do mine again, but, mm. you know, like we acknowledge that we both have it. Yeah. And I think – um, Yeah, because and, – and Stora last night I didn't realise has a crow bit as well. Yeah. yeah. I haven't oh. seen oh, – I have I not seen Matt do his crow bit. It's I've seen not, Matt – He slowly phased it out, It's not extensive. Okay. It's yeah. not extensive. I think Pinder's – for both John Hughes and Crows, I think we just need to let him have those yeah. because they're so or, good. Or is Pinder just stealing jokes Ooh. from everyone? Oh, that's two for oh. Pinder. Uh-huh. He's getting well, inspiration <laughs> going, I can do that better. I can. <laughs> Fuck, you can Actually, do that. Was Johnny very well. Yeah, that Pinder. was Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pinder, I know he'll be listening. <laughs> wrong, that wrong wasn't part you, of mate. England, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's fast. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, you know, I've seen. You know, I've watched like Nikki Glaser's special on Netflix and gone, oh, for God's sake, that's like, you know, a bit that I do. I'm or either very writing similar. or something like that where you go, you've explored that to a point that I'm not going to be able to explore mm. as well as that. Not to say Ooh. I'll give that whole topic up, but you sort of go, mm, okay, that's probably where I wanted to go with that. It's and funny you, you bring that As a world class comic, I've <laughs> just nailed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've never seen her before until this morning. Mm. Really? Like, yeah. I was, flo- I just put Facebook watch on and yeah. like watch those little grabs and she came up doing the roast mm. and I did think of you some of her did you yeah, same, yeah that's similar style yeah, yeah. yeah just so, like the same sense of humour mm. yeah of. her special banging is no. really good yeah it is Um, it's literally an hour about fucking and her, her delivery the trials I, can't and fu- I can't even fuck for an hour let alone write about it for an hour <laughs> now that you say that Delby that's but like yeah her sense of humour is very similar the delivery and, and the mm. way she holds herself are mm. very different I think but like yeah, the yeah, sense of humour she is you sound more like a triple J news host and today I don't know if that's, an, a, know if that's an offensive comment <laughs> no no no, no you've got that, that compliment sm- or just the no, style the smooth I mean, voice hey, if triple J is listening today I've done extensive community radio in Seaford in Sussex in the UK. And she's Chortle's newcomer 2020. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone else was fantastic, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, we will go back to what we were mm. talking about backstage the other night. Um, you quarantine, you had to come over yeah. and that's 14 days mm-hmm. and like it's hard, a lot harder than you anticipated. The cat again. The cat's come back. <laughs> it heard you. Um, yeah. I was like, is that the same one? Or <laughs> It'll just glitch in the matrix. But- <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, so it was tough coming over. You had to leave your partner over yeah, there. Yeah, so April 20, I flew in. Uh, we went into lockdown early March, I think, in the UK. I was actually due to – this is a deviation of the story, but we will get back to it. I was yeah, due to film my special for Next Up Comedy in London the wow. day – the UK went into lockdown. Oh. Yeah. And wow. there was something That's a punch deep. to the guts, eh? Yeah. But nah. do you know what? There was something like not even deep within me. It was here. I knew that I wasn't going to do it. Even in the days leading up Pr- to it. Prior, you thought. Yeah, I just Was thought, it because you felt maybe lockdown was coming or you just... Was, was Shit was just by the hour just mm. going... You know, like the world was turning to a bin fire, and yeah. it was just sort of like, okay, hey, 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 that's offensive. Sorry. <laughs> We've got firefighters out here. We, and <laughs> sorry, and I live in this world. Yeah, I use bins. <laughs> yeah, sorry to all yeah. bins and fires. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> the summer bin fire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was just, you know, every time you check the news, it was X has happened, Y has mm. happened, whatever. So I was kind of like, if anything, my ticket sales are going to be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> because I was very selfish at the time thinking about, well, I'm feeling like a special, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I obviously want it to be good um, and to have people in the audience and that sort of stuff. And there was meant to be industry coming and everything. You sort of thought, yeah. this is in East London, you know, um, tonight. And I just have this feeling that like everything was just sort of crumbling and I was meant to be getting ready. And I remember standing in the kitchen in my flat ironing my shirt <laughs> and just looking at my phone and being like, I'm just going to ring my agent and be like, What's happening? This isn't happening, is it? Yeah. And it was actually, they went ahead with the filming. I was um, double billed with Joey Page, who's a UK comic. And um, we basically, this is our next up comedy do it, is that they double bill. So you'll film two specials in one night. Yeah. Um, and we were going to do that. Joey was first, I think. And I was going to be closing. And we we're both doing our separate hours. Mm-hmm. And they basically, I called my agent and just went, um, this is a no from me. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel exactly. confident that this is going to be a good special because it's going to be. I'm, I've had like a bunch of people message me going, "Look, we don't want to come out. We're a bit scared." Mm. You know, we we had got tickets, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I sort of the more of those that I had, I was a bit like, I'm getting bad vibes about doing this in general. So mm. I sort of rang them, and they then they rang them, and blah blah blah, and then they were lovely about it. They just sort of went, "Look." It's obviously, you know, a really weird one. So we'll rebook you to do your special if you don't want to come and do it now, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you so Russell branded them. Yeah. Russell Brand and Brandon <laughs> Stewart. It felt, it felt so, um, I, I felt like a bit of an asshole because they were going ahead with Joey's and I sort of was just like. What was the turnout like in the end or did it all get scrapped? Joey had 30 in. For, for a special. For a special. Oh. And I mean, 30 in what sort of room? Um, it's at the Moth Club in London, so I think it holds like over a hundred. You know, it was, it's a good room, and that's not good. good move I just by you. filmed a, a, for lack of a better word, a special, a mm. one-hour special for Comedy Lounge, but it was for through Novotel, mm. and it was only their staff, which was thirty people in there, and in a hundred and what was it hold 170 mm. room? Mm. It was. I've I've given. At all to I'm oh, sorry I've told all the comedians I'll give you all the raw footage if you want it all mm. edited and they're like nah I don't <laughs> I don't want it well I think Joey's actually is either being released or it has been released and you know it's obviously been edited in such a way and I mean he's a, a great surrealist comic so he does mm. a lot of you know bonkers stuff yeah um so I truly think that he actually had a quite a good time with it mm. obviously as much as you would have wanted a full mm. room um so having heard that afterwards I sort of came back to myself and went, no, I did make the right call yeah, and my yeah. agents were great about it and Next Up were great about it. Yeah, um, that's good. So, yeah, basically, anyway, long story short, that happened the day that the UK went into lockdown. They went into lockdown at like midnight that night. Yeah. Will you get a second chance? Um, yeah, I mean, they've Sick. said if and when, you know, whatever happens with the world that, you know, we, they, I mean, it was booked for a really long time. Like mm. I'd, I'd done, you know, signed the contracts and made the plans and, Everything, you Let's know. just do it here, mate, and we'll yeah. do it independent. Branch, you can film Why it. Not? You can make all the money. I'll Send film. it out. Yeah, at the lounge. Exactly. I'll get me team in. Yeah. You beauty. You beauty. <laughs> 30 people. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm filming a special for the whole uh, the motherhood next yeah, Thursday it. night. Awesome. Um, the whole Is that at the lounge? Yeah. Fuck. I want to go. I still haven't been to one of their shows, man. 
Yeah, because um, I'm a toxic male and I don't care about women. As <laughs> oh, finally, someone actually admits it. <laughs> no, I've got another gig. You all pretend you're feminists at this point. <laughs> They're doing a six thirty show and an eight thirty show, I think. There you go, a little plug for motherhood. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, so then the April 20 came around and then. Yeah, so it basically became very clear. I lost a uh, year's worth of work in 14 days mm. in March. And uh, obviously, I'd just come off the Ardle tour. So I had that bit and it was kind of like, okay, well, that's a bit of a godsend that that's just finished. Did that you get paid well for that? You don't mind me asking? Was it worth That's the really best paid job I've ever had. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and that's, you know, with my agents taking their cut and, and mm. whatnot. So I was so, so grateful to get that job. That's awesome. For, how long was it? Um, we did three legs over a year. So I think we did something of like 60 or 70 shows. Sick. So yeah. you're basically a, a full-time paid mm. touring comic. That's yeah. unreal. And is yeah. that hard having a partner? Yeah. Did but the- yes and no because like we, we've been friends for a long time. So mm-hmm. we – he has always known that that's my life and yeah. that's my job and that's what I've been working towards forever, you know. So yeah. when we got together, it was very like, okay, well, this is, you already know. I don't have to sit this down and me. go. Yeah. Exactly. I don't have yeah, to go, yeah, yeah. oh, look, I go away a lot and da, da, da. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like So that. he got out of the friend zone. <laughs> oh, 100%. How? Yeah. Wow. How? Holy fuck. What is, how? I thought you wanted to hear about quarantine. No, no, I want to hear about, he was quarantined <laughs> in the friend zone and he got out of it. Tell me how yeah, this works. So we, I'm getting him on the podcast to talk about yes, it. Yes, we need to know. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably have a very different story. When when you're touring though, mm. did you get like my brain's crazy in the daytime? Mm. Was it cool because you got to see new places, or were you bored out of your brain, or what did you do? Or was it like a fly in, fly yeah. out sort of situation for there a year, was, a week? Yeah, I mean, it was all a mix of all of those things. So you know, um, a lot of driving. So it was Ardle, myself, and our tour manager Ian, um, and yeah, we were on the road somewhere between depending on where like because obviously you um the tour gets organized according to you know geographical location and also venue availability mm-hmm. so there were days where you know your drive might have been i mean it's the uk so everything's a lot yeah. closer there were days when the drive might have been an hour and a half might have been two and there were days when you know you drove the whole day or you had a flight or whatever so mm-hmm. it was all a bit of a mix um and then you know it was, yeah, you'd, you'd sort of rock up and either get into the hotel or not or you'd have to wander around or we'd go for lunch or... Did you, you get know. along well with the boys? Yeah, it was great. It was really good actually. It was, um, you know, when you work in such close proximity with someone, mm. um, with two people and, you yeah. know, and you're in the car and you've got flights and you've got, you know, times where you don't want to fucking talk and yeah. you've got times where you do want to talk and it was the, th- the three of us got on really fantastically. You'd eventually have a good grasp of it. Of how everyone's feeling at whatever Definitely. time. Definitely, and, and it was. It, there was a lot of unspoken, mm. you know, kind of vibe where you know we're all sitting in the car for three hours and no one says a thing. But I think yeah. that's when you're most comfortable with people. Yeah. You can just drive and not say a word. Exactly. Or you're and married. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's pretty common. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, did we yeah. go to the beach? I yeah. can't remember. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, it was it was good to sort of get that. I've got mates who have had either supported someone or had support um, mm. on their tours, and you. You hear the horror stories yeah, about fuck that. Too. You know, they were a good act to open for me or whatever, but it was just, you know, spending time with them, you know, or yeah. they wanted to get fucked <laughs> all the time and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. They <sighs> the, were great off stage, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting um, the drinking constantly after. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just did that. That week away up in Broome, different, not gigging, but mm. filming all day. And I love the guys, they're fucking legends, but all they wanted to do every night. Get caned. And 10 pints in mm. every night. And I'm like, fuck. About three days in, I was like, 
I've got to pump the brakes. <laughs> Can't yeah. do this. And, yeah, it gets a bit much. Yeah. So then February, March 20, February yeah, 20, April sorry. 20. Yeah. So yep. basically what I did. 420. Uh, 420. <laughs> yeah. What an awesome day for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it kind of got to the point where I'd lost all my work. Everything was um, very much a no-go. No one knew when anything was happening. I'd lived in the UK for 10 years, but I wasn't a resident, so I wasn't eligible for any benefits. Or I'm a, any I've got an English passport if you want to get married, <sighs> and then you can just go live there. Okay, time to sell this ring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it was just an absolute clusterfuck. So it sort of got to the point about a month in where I was really considering – whether it was a good idea or not to come home financially because we went down from two incomes to one partial. My partner's a venue manager, so he went on to what is effectively their job keeper. Yeah. Um, And we cancelled our wedding. We got a refund for that and we kind of, you know, were okay for money for a bit and then it sort of just became so blatant that it was going to be this way for a long time. Mm. So I kind of did the maths, the very painful maths, and went it's actually going to make more financial sense for me to fly home quarantine for two weeks in a hotel because at that point you didn't have to pay for it yourself yep. and get on job seeker mm, and make sure because we just moved house as well so we had just moved into this flat and it was like shit we need to keep our flat what's the know. what's the flat prices like and i heard it's just insane or is it's, brighton yeah it really depends like i mean brighton rentals aren't too different to london like certain parts of london it really depends so we have mm. like a two-bed flat and we pay 1500 pounds a month so that's like three and a half grand yeah. a month. Fuck. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's so much. Yeah. See, that's I don't know. What, I don't yeah. really know what prices are here because I've never, you know, when I'm home, I just am at home. Yeah. You've well, got, I'll t- you've I'll got tell the property you manager much. going, oh, you can have it for 3000 You're like, oh, that's a good deal. The opposite of what we do with comedy guys giving us, <laughs> yeah, is 500 exactly. good? <laughs> They're going, oh, yeah, do I feel oh, bad about this? I'll yeah, tell you exactly. how much this is after the potty and you yeah. fucking fall over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's an after the potty conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know is your partner is. English? He is Trinidadian, but yeah, born in London, raised in London. So, so he's, he's got the, the credentials for there? He's, yeah, so yeah. he's um, English born, but mum from Trinidad, dad from Tobago. So yeah. he identifies as being Caribbean. That's so weird. His mum's from Trinidad and dad from Tobago. Isn't their country Trinidad, Tobago? Trinidad and Tobago when they compete in the Olympics? That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's yeah, Trinidad, Trinidad, Trinidad Tobago. Tobago. Yeah. That's just yeah. the way that I've heard him say it when someone asks him. He goes, Atto Bolden, Trinidad, wasn't he from Trinidad? Tobago. Yeah. Atto, yeah. Was it Atto Bolden, the sprinter, was from Trinidad yeah, Tobago? Yeah. I, I know it's Trinidad and Tobago. They compete together. Yeah, yeah together. So, oh, so they're one team in the Olympics. Yes. yes. Oh, I yeah. see. They're not so one country, but they're. But there's, yeah, your fiance got, is the embodiment. He is the embodiment of unity. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, Trinidad Tobago is what they. I don't know if they're going to continue doing that if they did not the last one. I think they still did in the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, something I have to ask him. I ask him really dumb white questions. <laughs> He's very used to it by now. I'm like, babe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so where, where was he born in England? Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, Hammersmith baby. Okay. So, yeah, that's like South London. Um, I thought born on the tube. Born on Isn't the tube. Born on the tube lines. It is. That's yeah. where Joni. Joni lived in Hammersmith, Hammersmith? for a while yeah. when, um, when we were over there. So oh, there's he's a gone comedian as well, MC Hammersmith. Smith. MC Hammersmith. Yeah. Wow. You know him? No. He's pretty good at freestyling. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it comes over free. I can't tell if you're joking. I thought, you were no, no, no. Oh, I thought right. he was joking as no, well. No, legit. Yeah. Oh. He's uh, he's not. He's pretty pretty good. He's a nerdy dude with glasses. Um, yeah. Oh, pretty, MC Hammersmith. You're a nerdy dude with glasses. So is he going to come here? Well, this is the kind of ordeal that we currently have is that because we were going to get married um, mm. and that was all going ahead, 
we were going to then do spousal visa because the thing is is that we eventually planned to emigrate here in about two years time yeah after the marriage after all that sort of stuff and we just kind of knew that that was going to be our end goal Mm -hmm. and then obviously this has brought me home first and for me to go back there still doesn't make any sense because I can't work can't you know it would just sort of screw us for money so we're now looking at getting Jay a partner visa to come over but we have to wait till January for that at the moment. And then I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news with um, news. immigration. Wow, it's very mm. real news, yeah. trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so basically a partner visa uh, for Australia is $7,700. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hell expensive. Yeah, and, and you have to prove that you're legit. We, we're gathering the paperwork at the moment. You have to have like screenshots of your messenger conversations. Yeah. It's insane. Why you've been apart, all of that sort my, of stuff. They, they already have that. The NSA, yeah. they, they already have that. <laughs> like your mates have this offline <laughs> yeah. anyway. My like, brother, um, yeah. he, he got married to a girl from Germany and the same thing. I had to sign off on a lot of things, yeah. what their relationship was like yeah. prior. Yeah. I've just had to give like, you know, your triple forms to yeah. people to be like, can you write an essay us. about yeah. my relationship? Yeah. It's, it's not even as simple as, oh, we're married, you can stay here yeah, as well. No, like no, that's, no. It's, it's, I, I literally yeah. thought, oh, yeah. like my brother marries a German, he can just go live in Germany. Yeah. It's not gotta, that simple. Same with the other way. Like exactly. Over here. And it's a yeah. hugely, I mean, it is, you do whatever you do because you want to be together, but it's a very invasive. It's costly, right? Very costly, mm. very invasive. You know, you really have to lay your life bare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and it's ongoing. There's not just like a one-off cost, is it? It's once exactly. There's yeah. a two big chunks of money. I think my brother has gone through it. It was whatever that amount you said. I think it was a little bit cheaper, but like six mm. or seven grand. Mm. And then again, mm. for the next phase, it's like 10 grand. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's insane. What are you... What and you, imagine what, what, what imagine, we do for love. I was yeah. going to say, imagine doing that for someone who isn't worth it. Yeah. yeah. Like imagine that. Yeah. Doing that and then like breaking up. Mm. Like if, if I didn't have this fucking my ring on my finger, <laughs> so my bro- I'd be like, so we'll see how it goes. Just recently. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Divorced a whole lot, and it wasn't like it oh. was. It was not this dodgy thing to get her over here. Yeah. It was like it okay, wasn't. So L'Oreal. when I said imagine, imagine <laughs> the reality yeah. of the situation. And Nathan, oh, I think shit. you listened to this podcast. So yeah, right. Shout outs. Was that yeah. so? They were getting married, so, and they came to live here. Yeah, no, they they like he lived they backpacked together for like three years around the world. They lived yeah. in New Zealand together. They lived over the eastern states. So when they, they settled, mate, they, they literally. Real. Worked in a circus and travelled the whole eastern coast, and then went down to New Zealand. Followed the circus through the whole of New Zealand. God, away with the circus, mate. And I think, honestly, and I don't want to talk too openly about my brother's relationship and give my own opinions, but I think they just got bored once they sort of settled (laughs) down here. It was like that's the thing we often talk about that. We're like, what are we going to do when we have like a non-dramatic life? Yeah, you know, and we. As I say, I was like, we'd, we'd probably get freaking bored of each other and just be like, oh, this guy's here every day now. <laughs> oh, my God. Can yeah. you, like, go on an eight-month holiday? <laughs> well, if you need to get married, I'm a celebrant. So we I can, know. We can tee that up. I know. Yeah. I've seen... You can um, write your own wedding if you want as well. <laughs> oh, really? You won't have to hire this comedian. <laughs> oh. You can do your own writing. Not going to steal this corporate from me? Yeah. <laughs> it's my own corporate. It's so funny. Um, so we actually were having a pretty basic wedding. So like neither of us um, wanted a big, 
you know, fairy tale sort of thing. It was literally like going to be a 20 minute ceremony, mm. not even doing vows, yeah. just the legal shit. One of our best mates I or my you. best mate who was going to like, who'd introduced us was just going to do a speech. Yeah. And then we were just going to go get maggot. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We saw Not on the street though. Me, no. <laughs> me and Steph, we didn't have quite as simple as that, but ours was just like get married, couple of photos and- the my speech was just like everyone get fucked up, yeah, and yeah. they did. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the only thing people like about a wedding. That's it, the best uh, part. And the celebrant and the MC, it's, but other than that, yeah, yeah no, it's, it. of course, I, I, of it's the free piss. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Well, free piss. You give a fucking wishing well, but yeah. still. Well, to be fair, yeah, yeah. as was going to be like, we're going to like we we're not rich. We're going to do like the first b- few bottles of prosecco and then be like, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> it's the biggest waste of money. Ever like the amount of money you spend on a wedding? Um, for those listening, I think it's a great investment. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> definitely spend on your celebrant. The rest, spend on your celebrant. Spend yeah. on your videography. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then fuck everything else. And no. if you need professional comics, me and Brady are available. Honestly, though, the the the, the amount of money we spend on our wedding, like food and drinks, is yeah. silly. Yeah, you get a lot back with the wishing well, though. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We got about half of it back. That's awesome. So that's really it's like a good. festival. You're paying a hundred bucks or whatever a ticket, yeah. and you're getting a fee. It does it. cover like, a bit. Look, yeah, it is what it is. If but. you really break it down, like, and this is the thing I struggled with as a feminist, the whole idea of the wedding, mm. and like I was sort of like, you know, do, like, and I want to write about this in my working progress show to sort of like trying to figure out, you know. Googling things like how to have a feminist wedding. And like, <laughs> it just doesn't exist because you're like, oh, yeah, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear a pantsuit instead of a dress, but I'm still going to tether myself to a man forever. Like it's yeah. still, you know, in principle, you know, you're – I think it's the flip side. We get tethered to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all one way here. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. I am um, <laughs> – It's not just you filling into us. It's the flip side. Too. I've always so wondered, is, is marriage itself – I know it's a legally binding thing and it helps with a few things like that. Like that, but is it more of a religious thing? It used to be, but well, it was—it's it more be, of an assets thing. Yeah, it's rooted in ownership of women, like it is. Really? You know? Yeah. yeah. See, because I and I said to Steph, I really don't need to marry you to tell you I love you. Yeah. And yeah. It sounds so sappy and mm. tacky, but that's w- what it is. And I've got some friends who are sticking with that. Yeah, they're, but they're it's partners good and for they're t- never getting married. And they're good for happy taxes with that. and fine. it's good for tax breaks and, and yeah. wills and stuff like that. Now, yeah. 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 But realistically, back then, weddings were for keeping power within the family, wealth within the family. Yeah. Well, after women, but you'd marry into families, mm. and it was power moves. It's very business, yeah, business yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, now it's mainly like you get married for tax and, and will and legal stuff. Yeah. And because it's an excellent celebration of love. Of course it is. So. Exactly. And you and should video every single one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and to be fair, once it was cancelled, we were both like, we knew it was going to get cancelled because that's yeah. just the way things were heading. Cancel culture, mate. 100%. Even <laughs> weddings now. We've, but, been, we've yeah. been very good with our, like, so I've been, I've had a lot of weddings cancel or postpone and, um, I've I've done it as much as I can to to try and accommodate my clients if they've booked a date and then cancel. I say if you need if you want to move the date, we'll yeah. hold that date and we'll use that. That's all good. It's it becomes a very awkward situation where I've booked someone and then they cancel and I've turned down three weddings on that same day. Happened to me yesterday, ma'am. Mm. I didn't so take what do you depo- do in that situation? Well, I don't like taking a deposit. I've got that performer mentality where I don't want to be paid before the gig. Yeah. I take a very small deposit. But I've- I've a deposit enough for me to go, well, look, if I- 
Yeah, I take off. Oh, I don't. Care. I take a five hundred dollar deposit, which is like nothing for what I get paid to do it. And is this a brag? Yeah, this yeah. is a brag. But subtly arrogant. But it, it's subtly arrogant. <laughs> but it's at the same time the five hundred dollar deposit to hold the date. If someone last minute. Cancels. At least I go. Well, I've, you got to keep the money. I've, I've, I've kept that. I've got that five hundred dollars. At least it's not. Co- and yeah. I've 90 percent of the time I have turned down dates yeah. to cover that. Same well, date. I had it happen for the first time where I'd um, booked their date. They'd sent me their questionnaire, everything, mm-hmm. and they're like, "When we'll give you a deposit." I was putting it off. I was like, "I don't really need it." Well, yeah. Once we sign the form, yeah, thirty percent of twelve hundred, so like four hundred dollar yeah. deposit. And then um, they emailed me, oh, since the borders have opened, our celebrant is going to come back and do it. Sorry. No. I was like, no, 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 no I've no. turned away yes. specifically on your date, like yes. three other people. So really you've cost me yes. one and a half grand. Exactly. And that's so, what I tell the people who are saying, oh, can we get our deposit back? And I say, yeah. well, no, because yeah. you've cost me $4,000 that yeah. day or 5000 or 3000 or whatever yeah. package you've booked. You've cost me money. But I said to the person, I go, uh, I didn't take a deposit, so that's on me. That's a lesson learned. So I, I, hope I you have did a good day. give one client, and they were very happy about this. I said, if I can book a date prior to, uh, or sorry, because they gave me a pretty good warning about three months, and in that time, people were trying to get in busy. And I said, I've turned down three dates already, but if I can somehow snag one on that date, I'll give you back your deposit yeah. and it'll all be good. And I got one and yeah. I, I transferred them back their money. And don't but listen to any sob stories because people will do that just to get your money I've been back. getting a few sob stories. Yeah. I mean, but I, I help as much as I can. Well, I just make sure. I, I was going to say that is 100% how we got our money back. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time. What was it? Go on. So what we, it? I mean, just. Oh, just what actually happened? Everything's fucked. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like there was no embellishment needed yeah. because it was just like, well. So basically the first thing that happened was that it became very clear very quick that my family were not going to be able to make it over because the wedding's in the UK yeah um so my mum my dad and my brother had booked flights and then sort of we had our international uh, travel <coughs> ban over here so that was the first thing and then like a week later we got an email from our uh venue director going oh okay so slight change in our restrictions yeah. you're going to be able to have two witnesses at your wedding yeah, yeah. you're going to have to stand six feet apart and you're not going to be able to kiss. Yeah, that's so stupid. I'm like, we sleep in the same bed every night. Do you think we don't live together? Yeah. Like, what? Okay, fair the enough. Hypocrisy yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so strange. So we kind of went, oh, do we want to get married that badly, or do we want two thousand pounds back? Yeah, yeah. And we were really, I think, just the day of or the day before the cutoff of being able to get ninety percent of our money back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we didn't feel like we were being cheeky or anything like that and they yeah. were they were lovely I mean you know but they were very like can we rebook for 2021 and we were like mm, we need to pay rent so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nah. the hypocrisy amazes me with all that shit yeah like you're in home together but when you're in public you can't kiss it's like we're fucking back do you think a room. lot of it's visual like the AFL did a lot of that no nah, it's fucking bullshit man even now Perth no cases for however long it is the seven cas- months the casino is yeah. so fucking hypocritical. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's I did so go stupid. to the casino. Once. You can yeah. sit down next to you can sit next to someone mm. to put your bets on, but you can't bet on bet, bet behind. So if you've got a bet, you know when you can put chips. Are you familiar with casinos? Not really? Never been to a casino. Okay. Oh, okay well. You can bet behind someone. Yeah, so you okay. put your chip behind and, and whatever they win, you win. Yeah, can't do that. Mm. But I can sit next to them. So and to, to bet behind them, do you... You get your chip and you put it behind them. And then you move away. 
Okay, so you so have that's to what be normally do. close not, to them. Yeah, like yeah. So you, you'd have to be well, I guess so for temporarily, but you can also sit right next to them, which is yeah, genuinely touching shoulders. Yeah, which and is a bit. You can't lean over. I understand what they're trying to do there. They're trying to limit the amount of people around a table. Yeah, but it's, I get it's it. Dumb. It's, it is silly, but yeah, all their other rules, roulette. Yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, you, you, you can't use your own chips. You got to get a color. You're not allowed to lean over people on the other tables, but in roulette, numbers, you're going all over each other. Yeah. It's just fucking the contradictions. So fucking it's, all, it's contradictions that yeah. in anything that that's I the word I was looking for. Contradictions, not contradictions. It's like you're meant to cough into your elbow, but that's also how you greet people now. Yeah, you yeah. bump elbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. That's got my spit on it. What the <laughs> AFL? You could bump knuckles, but you couldn't high five. <laughs> oh, hang on. Fu- you could tackle someone with your face on their balls. There oh is no fucking way. Anyone who's ever played a game of football knows there's. You've come up with fingernail marks on yeah. you somewhere. Someone has literally got their skin uh, under, under their nails yeah. and yeah. this and your DNA and yeah. it's oh, yeah. mixing, and you cannot high five. Yeah. And then you cannot they all have sex afterwards. In the showers, I they say allegedly. Each other. Yeah, allegedly. Because I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, so what was the quarantine like? Fourteen days so down south. Fourteen? No, I was oh, in hotel. Uh, I was that's at the right. Western Hotel in mm. Perth. Oh, that's hell nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The room was huge, which was fantastic. Um. So yeah, it was yeah, sort of space, which was. Were you allowed out of your room? No. Ah, that's so, fucked. Whereas now I can see a lot of the ones over east, you know, you're allowed to walk outside for 20 minutes, you know, masked up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on the 15th floor at the Western. Jeez, um, it's like a movie. Yeah, like you were Rapunzel. Truly. <laughs> you couldn't leave your room. Honestly. And I was saying like that when we got there and we were like sort of piled off the bus and we were there doing the paperwork and temperature checks and stuff and the – um, sort of front part of the Western, we were um, – the first thing I asked was, Does, um, is there going to be an opening window? Yeah, no like fresh any air. Any fresh air whatsoever. And they were like, no. So oh, my God. Take, take your gulps now sort of thing. Mm. And, um, yeah, that was the hardest thing. That's but there was so like gross. a big floor-to-ceiling window with a beautiful view and all oh, that sort of stuff. <laughs> And I just like I would just stand there and watch people. It's like and a just fucking... be like, oh, in nine days I get to shut a car door. <laughs> you got your hand on the glass. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> but also, I'm quite scared of heights as well. So oh, it was like fuck. a double. Like, I want to be where the people are, but also like I'm so scared. But also, if someone's sick and you have no fresh air, they're just recycling your breathed air through the thing each. Is, and that's the thing. You would get the call from the nurse every three days and go, hey, you know, how are you feeling? Any scratchy throat? And I'm like, well, fucking yeah. I'm in air con. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, so yeah, the, the not opening window was was quite a hard one. And what then, did you do? Did you have um, your computer with you and stuff? Yeah, I had everything with me. That'd be there okay. Was, did you um, write a lot or no? Um, I had a couple of online gigs, so that was like a reason to kind of, you know. Live. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> to not smash the window. I was well, going to say put makeup on, but yes. <laughs> Live is absolutely the correct term for what I meant. Yeah. I remember um, you saying, because I said to you the other night, you must have finished Netflix. Mm, and you were like, no, I tried not I, to. I just, because that was pretty much all there was to do. I just didn't watch anything. Mm. I like, I made a little makeshift yoga mat out of three bath towels on top of each other. Put all the furniture back. Did a yeah. bit of YouTube yoga every day. Like, yeah. lots of podcasts, lots of phone calls, 
just sort of talking to as many people yeah. as possible. Hard um, yarns, you would have listened yeah, to every episode. Oh, yeah. So you'd be familiar with our 45 other apps. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Big fan. Very, yeah. Big fan. So, yeah, Big it was time. just that sort of stuff, lots and lots of phone calls. They would, like, drop you a meal outside the same time every day, like three meals a day. Fucking jail, mate. Um, well, yeah. I, I do the- They would knock and run. You'd have to wait 30 seconds yeah. before you go and get it so they could be like, fucking see ya. Yeah, I do that yeah. now with Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I don't want to fucking see the well, I do the videos for Novotel at Murray Street and they're a, they're a hub for mm. quarantine and I had to watch it all go how they do it and mm. film a few different things and they've got some videos that they've been putting together and I got to see it and it's pretty mm. – it's very – it's hard to maintain that face-to-face human contact that you need mm. and, and as much as they can, they're trying their best. I don't know what the Western was doing but – Yeah, I felt – Well, at least the security guards are fucking everyone. Exactly. <laughs> I felt so lucky after that and, you know, even just being in one of those hotels, you know, there was a, a friend of a friend who was over at one of the – I don't know what the hotel was but like another three-star hotel across the city mm. – and I just thought if I had any less space or any less light or any of that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, like this would just be yeah. a, a you know next level kind of experience. Imagine those people on the boat that were stuck in their cabin for May. 14 days. May. Yeah. Where they know nothing. Like you're in a room with no nothing. Like you the ones that were can't off, see out the window. Were nothing. they on in the port or whatever? Yeah. Mm. The Queen Mary or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Fucking mm. On the water as well, you know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, I've just remember we usually do a fuck marry kill with our guests. <gasps> so is it the Western Hotel? Oh, <laughs> we oh. can do that. We could do. I was thinking uh, earlier the magazines. We had FHM, Q, and Zoo. Ah, uh-huh. fuck marry kill them. Oh yeah, and then I'll do festivals. Oh, what, comedy festivals. Yeah, Edinburgh just for laughs and uh, uh, okay. Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne. Have you done Melbourne? Uh, not with a show, but I've been to over to do spots yeah. and again the the whole punter. Well, do do Delby's first. All right, so if you are yeah, if Q, FHM and Zoo were people, or just as they are. Okay, so I'm Kel. kind of. Am I right in saying that Zoo is probably the trashiest version? Yeah. Yep. And Q is probably classy. The least. Yeah. I'm not a magazine man, so I don't really. Rem- I I remember Zoo because it was always on our fucking sheet metal yeah. floor. Someone it's covered in covered, in, covered in, in, the, in the toilet. So for me, that must be like, and I, I, lo- I love the people I used to work with. They're great people, but Sheet Metal Factory, <laughs> it's not. Just stop there before uh, you lose all your mates, No, right? no they're you, fucking um, all legends, but it doesn't. Yeah. Ever, ever so slightly late. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me as the classiest place. Yeah. Yeah, so I think. Well, I mean, what do you do? You want to marry class, or do you want to marry trash? It's up to you, mate. And cheat with class. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. So oh, that's maybe, a good. I well, mean, it depends FHM, on what order you do. FHM, I feel like I've had inside experience with them, so maybe I thought you were going to say inside me. <laughs> I was like, wow, wait. they definitely inside fucked my heart. Me. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they definitely <laughs> fucked me. Um, so I'd probably maybe marry FHM. Yeah, I'd kill Zoo because I can't be asked with that. Yeah, oh. and I reckon I'd fuck Q. Nice. And pro- they probably have. They have. Wait, do they have hot guys in Q or is that? It's just yeah, style. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it? Did you say fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awkward. I'm like, Delby, you got hot. I want to fuck you. Sure. <laughs> um, and then what was my one? Yeah, the, oh, please have the me Edinburgh, back on. Yeah, the Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh, Montreal, and Melbs. Uh, yeah. Montreal. No, uh, just for last, Sydney. Oh, just for love, Sydney. Well, I suppose like 
you can't really compare JFL Sydney as like a festival yes. to the other ones because yep. like they're like month long, yep. you know, sort of thing. So, do you want to change your question? Yeah, no, go back to that one. <laughs> back. Let's make it the same. Yeah, yeah. Montreal, Edinburgh, <laughs> and Melbourne, which is best? Montreal, Edinburgh, fuck, Melbourne. Yeah, well, fuck do you know Mary what? Kill. I was quite possibly going to be doing Montreal this year. Yeah. So I would definitely fuck Montreal because yeah. I w- I'm curious. Yes. And I feel like it's a slightly missed opportunity. So that's like an itch unscratched. Mm. So let's fuck Montreal. Do you have to change your – because a lot of it French? No, nah, because they're half French, half English. Yeah. yeah. So and I, I most, most of them are bilingual. In, yeah. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. And okay. I mean the televised stuff, you know, from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, it's all, all out English, yeah. Montreal. Um, yeah, very – I think it would be quite a sexy place as well. Mm. Yeah. And cold, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Edinburgh, I mean, speaking of cold, mm. Edinburgh in August, which is meant to be summer. Um, ooh, would I, what did I say I would do? I'd fuck Montreal. Yeah, so you got to marry and kill the other two, Melbourne ooh, and. Ooh, that's hard. I know who I'd be killing. Who? Melbourne, fucking Victoria. They, they <laughs> yeah. ruined uh, the coronavirus, man. Hey, registrations have just opened, so. For what? For Corona. For Melbourne. <laughs> for, for Melbourne. For Melbourne International. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. When's that? Don't look at me, man. I'm not in that class no, yet. I'm just like, <laughs> when's the. Date of that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think Are they're that so confident. The, well, it's usually around my birthday. It's around March usually. It is, yeah. That's what I mean. I've, I remember it being reasonably early. It will be pushed back because Brisbane have been pushed back to July. And, and where did per- a lot Perth earlier. Comedy Festival into that? We always Perth always, always a month May. after. Yeah. Fringe usually, or well, mm. a little bit after Fringe. Yeah. Mm. Are they related though? The Perth? No, they don't run the same. People. Perth and Fringe or? No, Perth and Melbourne. Oh, I don't know. Brody's in the industry more than what, me. What's the question? Are they run by the same people? Same crew? Perth and Melbourne? No. 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 Um, okay. I've – okay. All right. Here we go. I'd <laughs> kill Edinburgh. Oh, you've done it. Now you killed it. You've what? conquered, you've conquered yeah. the mountain. Why yeah. don't you kill them? They're oh. lovely. Because – I also, as incredible as the festival was, I also had some of the worst days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly around week three, you know, show fucking 21 in a row and you're yeah. just, you're doing like five spots a day and, um, you know, your hour every night and, you know, you might you might have your first promo spot at midday on yeah. a comp show and then you might be doing like Spank, which starts at midnight and finishes at two, Yeah, you know, and then you got to do your hour the next day. It was mm. funny, like, I shouldn't say this, but last night, like after the five shows, everyone's like, God, man, I'm so knackered. What a weekend. And I'm like, you little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. Classic. Um, so, yeah, and then why not marry Melbs? Bit yeah. of culture. Yeah, bit of culture. Bit of culture. Yeah, you know. Came from Melbourne. Got, got some the, culture. They got the MCG. I don't. I didn't take that question seriously. Enough. No, <laughs> no, it's probably not a serious question. Yeah, no, we're not, not. going to use that as a quote next year. <laughs> Chortle exactly. 2020. <laughs> Thank you. Hard yarns, fuck, marry, kill, expert. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. considering my wife and kid are here, it's my probably going to get a bit noisy. So we might as might finish on that. Is I mean, that, we've done three and a half hours. Yeah, we? we have done yeah. a close to two hours. I think. Yeah, yeah, we yeah two hours. So that's a lovely. Little amount. Is there anything you want to plug? Because uh, we, uh, I spoke to you about this the other day. Want you to come on the season finale if you're going to be in mm-hmm. town, or mm-hmm. depending if you're going back down south or whatever. Um, and we won't tell the details of that because that's a little private event. But oh uh, yeah, uh, we'd like. Sorry, listeners, you can't come. You can't I was come. Say, so this could have also waited till we. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, but definitely looking forward to having Just you back on at some stage. But um, have you got anything to plug yeah. going uh, into the future? I will be doing a work in progress for Fringe World. It will be called Brody Snook Work in Progress. It will be a meltdown with no paper. And if it has witnesses, so be it. That's like a wedding. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And Brody's fucking funny, man. So yeah. go and see it. Go support her because um, I won't. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro uh, Not anymore. I've made it terribly. No, awkward. I'll be doing what? my uh, my own shows. So. What's the Instagram? <laughs> uh, just my name at Brody Snook. At so B R O D I S N O K. Does your real name have no E after the I? Yeah. Cool. I uh, I really I get asked if this is a pseudonym all the time, and I'm like, yeah. would I choose this? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, classic. Delby, you got anything to plug uh, from your 58 fringe shows coming up? And uh, when you say 58, is that just the exaggerated number, or are you actually doing 58? Doing 58. Oh my god. Because he's because he doesn't only do his own. He's got the who's who's rhyme. Yeah. Are you doing like com- comedians with rappers? Any of them? Oh well, that's on the same time as the confessional that I'm doing with Cam. So. Oh yeah, you got the confessional. And are you doing the the single, um, yeah, thirty and single. That's my money maker. Yeah, thirty years single. Um, I'm doing a fuckload of that, but I'm I'm switching my strategy up this year. I'm doing a few Sundays out at like Calamanda, Alcamos, mm-hmm. so people that don't come into the city. Yeah, um, which is sick. Um, and I'm doing teacher special as well, um, back to back on the Tuesday. Oh my god, Mickey D is going to be on. <gasps> is Mickey D coming? He's coming over? to do. Oh, he's going to do my fucking end more with Mickey in he's Sydney. F- he's absolute bad. He's the oh, funniest fucking dude I've ever sorry, seen. Sorry, is that who you said was coming on? Yeah. For some reason, I thought you said Mickey J. No, no, Mickey D. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. cool. I mean, he's coming from SA, I imagine. So yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, Great. that's awesome. So he's um he's going to do both the teacher nights, and that's like mm. I froth him like as a comic yeah. going to watch him and even before I did comedy I was like this guy man sick um, well that's going to be good fun and he's hugely popular with Perth Fringe so he'll yeah. do really well cool it's, it's um, what month are we in right now November November yeah. uh, so getting closer to your Fringe you're more welcome come on yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah I'm doing two course comedy with Mandy Knight on Wednesday at Stables um, hell good food so get involved in that mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing Old Synagogue on Tuesday in Fremantle mm-hmm. uh, Cricketers Arms on Thursday and then my horse is racing on Saturday so I'll be getting pissed at the races you beauty so if you guys oh, want to well, get around Branch, it Branch knows where you can get some cats. So. <laughs> <laughs> fuck uh, yeah if you want to see me do fucking nothing <laughs> now I'm hosting Delby's Quiz Night on oh yeah you are on Wednesday yeah, I'll be at Stables in Stables so I'm hosting that I'm going to do my best to not fuck it up for him yep um, and uh, that's it I'm going to go on Ronnie Nights and try some shit yeah soon. are you up next week no uh, I also should plug, uh, just I've got, I've got gigs before Fringe. Yeah. Um, so I'm headlining The Craft in Northbridge on the 28th of November and I will be at the Lounge 18th, 19th of December for their oh, last sick. 18th, 19th? Yeah. yeah, sick. Perfect. Mm, very yeah. nice. Perfect. i got no more shows at the Lounge for the end of the year. Oh, they don't, don't like you, Delby. I know. Oh, oh, it's yeah. over. Nah. All right. But if you do need a celebrant, I got my, my feedback from yesterday's wedding. Yeah. Fucking good, man. Fucking good, bro. Daniel, you are bloody amazing. The best celebrant I have ever seen. I cannot express how truly grateful I am to have had you part of our wedding. You absolutely created the atmosphere we wanted. And it could not have been funnier. We had the best night of our lives, better than we could have imagined. And a lot of that is due to you. Thank you with everything that we have. Brody, book me. Do you know what what could have really (laughs) fucked up that 
that quote is you're the best celebrant we've ever had. <laughs> well, because like, they've only been married, married yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have yeah. just discredited the whole thing. To but be fair, that's already discredited because we've just talked about how marriage is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you so much. Fucking Thanks, awesome bros. episode. Come on, Thanks anytime you want, and enjoy your back time down back south. So. Awesome. Down back south. Down south back. Back down south. Always oh, hung over. Leave it alone. Oh, I finished it really well. <laughs> and I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. That I call the fake news the enemy of the people. The fake news.